Hello, welcome to episode 112 of the Alternative Music Podcast, Riot Act. Thought I'd change it up. Yeah, you, you said alternative in a weird way. Alternative music. <laughs> um, I did. Oh, hi, I'm Stephen Hill, by the way. He's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. We're the two guys on the show. Mm-hmm. Two main two main ones. Um, and as I said, this is episode 112. Yeah. Seems like quite a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it's quite a lot. Yeah. Lucky number for some. Uh, yeah. Somewhere, probably. Yeah. Somewhere. Somebody's like, yes, they've made it all the way. Um, on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing the latest releases. It is a big week. Uh, Deftones, Idols, Public Enemy, Svalbard, Anna von Housewolf, The Ocean are all getting reviewed. It's a ridiculous uh, week. Which means, due to the fact that we don't want to give you some crazy-ass long really really endless podcast that goes on for five and a half hours uh we have decided to during this time of insanity of endless releases we want to get more new releases in which means broken records is to be retired for a while temporarily goodness me you'll give people a heart attack with that pause um <laughs> yes yes only only temporarily so this time of year september october is always peak album release uh uh time and um it, it, it's just the schedule is absolutely crazy over the next um few weeks to give you an idea our short list of albums to review next week uh amounts to 14 albums i believe yeah, well and- well and actually yesterday an album an artist that i really love who we've never covered on the show before announced that she's releasing an album today as you listen to this oh, for fuck's sake and i'm like <laughs> what are you doing like giving people two a, a, like two days notice before your album drops yeah. but yeah. i now really want to whack that in next week which now turns this into oh. some sort of labyrinthian do you remember the krypton factor yes i do <laughs> <laughs> this, this, like putting a review schedule together is now like like coming up with some sort of, it's like a Krypton factor puzzle. Like you have to have all the right things in all the it right is, places. Matt, well, as we've said before, Steve, it is the, we do do the hardest job in the world. And, uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> why n- nurses clap us. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's getting embarrassing to be honest, walking along the street mm. and having NHS staff clapping me. Um, but yes. Uh, so look, don't worry. Broken records is not, as you not retired pause goodness me steve it's 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 just it's very temporary you do but you know goodness <laughs> me. Uh, but it's very temporary um probably for the next four or five weeks or so if there's an absolute massive outcry then we might bring it back but you will get like a four-hour show so yeah. so be it on on your heads mm. and the reason why we can't ever be too long is because we give you so much bloody hashtag content in all other places as well um <laughs> patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you would like to contribute to the show financially and get some uh exclusive content like the ones i've just been talking about there would have been i have to say this is absolutely my fault lord only knows what happened but we recorded a three-hour chat about opeth's ghost reveries and i just didn't have my Recorder turned on like a t- massive wanker, a <laughs> massive wanker, and I am I'm, so. I'm glad, pissed. I'm glad you're saying it and not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like getting in there early. Um, yeah, I'm really sorry, everyone. It is 100 percent um, my fault. I still don't really know what happened with that, but it was really good, and I imagine when we come to redo it, it will be very good. But that's going to be coming 
like a week later than it should be but we're going to double up and the week after that we'll give you rather than making you wait another two weeks we'll give yeah. you another classic album straight after that which i believe we're going to do so it'll be ghost reveries and then gray britain by gallows back to back um we did still manage to find the time to record a podcast about velvet revolvers debut album contraband yes um yeah. an album which i have in the past deliberately um sort of antagonistically referred to as uh, a better album than appetite for destruction yes um not as stupid a thing as it sounds on paper or coming out of my mouth i think when you actually listen back to the record no i don't think it is as stupid uh, as 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 some people would assume that it was uh, i still don't fully back it but but i that is a cracking record and it was yeah. really nice to revisit it after 16 mm. years um and and to hear i mean spoiler alert to hear that it's actually aged really fucking well really yeah. well so, yeah, yeah it, it has um we've also got another writers review in the can with um us talking about youth and young manhood the debut album by kings of leon yeah, yeah. spoiler alert should i give a spoiler alert to that or no I, no i'm not going to actually i'm not going to mm-hmm. we've spoken about that um and that's going to be coming to you over on patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you would like to get involved um let's start before we get into the reviews of which there are many and they are plentiful. Um, I just wanted to mention, I guess we all kind of assumed, unfortunately, like because of what's happened with the pandemic, there was always the chance that something like this would happen. Um, Anathema have announced an indefinite hiatus. Um, I'm going to read out the statement that they put out. It says, Dear Anathema family, this year is one like no others. We've all, every one of you included, faced unpredictable challenges which impacted both our professional and personal situations. In this hardest of times, events over the year have left us with no option but to go on an indefinite hiatus as individuals. It's now time to pursue other paths in our life. We are beyond grateful for everyone's support over the years. There is no end to the love and respect we have for our fans, giving us the best years of our lives. The generosity you showed us following the unexpected cancellation of our tour will always stay with us. We could never have anticipated how this year would turn out. Many, many thanks. Anathema. Um, I was about to say reading between the lines there. I mean, it's not even reading between the lines, is it? It's there in black and white. Anathema are not with us anymore due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, probably um, maybe not the first and almost certainly not the last, unfortunately. Um, I was very sad to hear this news because um, I really fucking love Anathema. We've never really had a decent opportunity to speak about Anathema on this show, no, which is a no. bit of a shame. Um, mm. I don't know if you're much of an Anathema fan or not. I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not. And when I say I'm not, I don't mean I don't like them. I just mm. mean I don't really know enough about them. I saw them at Download a few years ago and I thought they were really good. And I owned Anathema 4, one, one of the last... Peaceville. Alternative four. Yes, alternative four. Alternative four. Sorry, yeah. The, um, I, I bought that back in the day, and I guess they're probably of the Peaceville three. They're the one that I have the least um, knowledge of, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so Paradise Lost, as everyone who's listened to the show for a while knows i love mm. my dying bride i wouldn't say i love or know loads about but there are a couple of albums that i really like whereas anathema has always been a little bit of a blind spot to me and i'm not quite sure why that was because alternative four i think is a really really good album and everything of theirs that i've ever heard and i the way they pro- i've heard them progress over the years um they feel like the sort of band that i would really like if i got into it but i can't sit here and say that i'm a big fan purely because i've just never really 
taken the opportunity or taken the time to go in on their back catalogue. Whereas that's why I'm going to hand over to you. Uh, yeah, I have. I mean, I became a massive Anathema fan. Um, I was quite late to the Anathema party, but it was on Weather Systems. You'll probably recall what five, when did that record come out? Five, six years ago, something along 2014? the 2014? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the same year as um, Yellow, and, uh, Yellow and Green by Baroness, I remember. Oh, uh, okay. So it was a couple of years before that then. That'd yeah. be 2003. Yeah, 2012 2012 yeah yeah blah 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 god this is interesting uh it's <laughs> yeah. already going to be a long show uh <laughs> um uh but i the reason i remember it was um yellow and green is that yellow and green ended up being my number one but weather systems and yellow and green were fighting it out for uh, most of the year as to mm. which would take my number one spot that's how much i love that record it's fucking amazing yeah. uh, beautiful beautiful record and then i kind of got into them um through that and checked out the back catalog and realized that quality wise it was relatively high throughout they started out as like a quite a sort of doomy doom project sort of thing um but sort of gra gradually blossomed into this uh i mean i know it's a dirty word but cold play but good like very emotional sometimes piano led acoustic kind of music and i know a lot of people will be like cold play but good what but you know, I, I remember speaking to um, to to Dan about uh, from the band about the Coldplay references, and he was like, "We don't mind that at all." You know, we think that's totally what we're doing. Um, uh, but it was really quite beautiful, profound music, and I saw them play in churches and mm. you know at, at their own. They did the Shepherd's Bush, the show at Shepherd's Bush Empire where they did a three-hour show which just went through their entire discography which really that show in particular really highlighted the breadth and depth of the stuff that anathema had done so this is it's very sad it's very sad indeed and and they had continued to write great records the optimist um their last record did appear on my top 20 albums of the year uh, i did it for the independent that year i can't remember where it was now but it was on the top 20 they still continue to do really really good material so um well yeah. i believe that that won um the album of the year at the prog awards prog magazine awards that that's out yeah i probably yeah. did <laughs> it probably did yeah. <laughs> yeah um um and you know some of their fan base didn't respond very well to that record but it was a, it was another the optimist was yet another shift in what they were doing you know they were continuing they were continuing to progress and continuing to do new things and continuing to try new stuff. Distant Satellites, which was the record that came in between those two. Distant Satellites is the one that, because I remember they were, I played a couple of songs from Distant, I was thinking Weather Systems, which you're right, would have been 2012. Distant Satellites was the one that came out in 2014 that I heard a bit from. And I think I saw them at download around that time or maybe right. just after um, that had come out a year or so yeah. after it had come out and I remember thinking this would be good if it wasn't on the second stage in the rain with a load of people in Devil sure. Driver t-shirts who don't really give a fuck do you know what well I mean? that's the thing I mean whilst Anathema very much started as a band that Download would have welcomed before Download was even a thing they turned into something that a lot of people would have you know not everyone who goes to download but a lot of people who go to download would have just been clueless about to be totally mm. honest um and yeah they they were really a fantastic band i strongly recommend i mean anyone who doesn't know anathema is curious to check them out weather systems is an absolutely fantastic place to start um if you like that then i would just sort of uh a fuse out from there you can go backwards or forwards and get some you know brilliant brilliant records distant satellites is very similar to weather systems except it had a bit more of an electronic bent to it um yeah the one comfort i take from this statement is it says hiatus 
and hiatus yeah. often means we will be back. We just have absolutely no idea when. Um, and I think I that's the, that's the that, case. That's the scary thing, isn't it? Is it's, it's just you you really have no idea mm. when they might return. You have yeah. and you have no idea how much more this is going to happen. And I guess the longer it goes on without them, and the more they go on and do other things, I guess kind of you know real world things if you like mm-hmm. um the, the the harder it's going to be it's just you know it's just the harder it will be for bands in general it's already difficult i think to, to be in a band mm. at the moment to be part of any kind of entertainment industry i mean we were talking about it a few days ago i was talking with my mates about it and he was like well it's not essential do you know what i mean at the moment everyone's just thinking what do i what are the essentials i need to survive sort of thing and unfortunately films and tv and music and art and those like as much as we need them and we love them and we we kind of allow ourselves to be defined by them they they aren't essential in the same way as you know hospitals and fire services and do you know what i mean and shops and things like that are that they're, they're just not and they're, they're it sort not, of really hammered that home. I'm like, they're this not last sort of six months. They're not, but, but my only counter to that would be is uh, it's a hell of a, a dull world without those things. But um, oh, but, mate, yeah, I which, absolutely which you, agree. I know you're not saying that, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it is. It is very difficult to call those things essential, really, yeah. when when you're comparing them to yeah, fire services and hospitals and so on and so forth. Mm. But my god, yeah, I mean, a but world that, I mean that stuff. Sucks. that's unfortunately that's how the people who are making the decisions about where that's we you know think. you know I, I mean I, again yesterday just yesterday as we record this i think the um there was talk that you know people were going to be allowed back into football stadiums i've i can't i find it very difficult to enjoy football without people in the, like it's just not the same watching mm-hmm. football without people in the stadium and they're now talking about a whole season without people being in there and i think you know, clubs who rely on the, the gate receipts of four or 5,000 people, they're going to go to the wall. And although, again, you could say, well, you know, that football club you support is not essential. It just means so much to people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not the difference between life and death, but it is the difference between you having some sort of reason to get up in the morning in a lot yeah. of ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, without yeah, yeah. me, without me, I mean, you know, for us, obviously, with it being our job, but still, like if I worked a job that I hated, and my one outlet was I get to go to a gig, or, you know, I, I can afford to go and send myself to a gig or buy a vinyl that I want or what. Like, and then that, if, when that gets taken away, I mean, it's a, like you say, a boring, boring existence in a boring world. Um, just because it's just hard to weigh something, weigh these things up, I think. Just because something isn't essential doesn't mean it isn't important is what mm. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's really really shit to see that anathema are i'd say probably so far the highest profile certainly the band who've come out and said it's because of this they feel like the most high high profile one and it was quite shocking to read even as someone who has no strong emotional connection with anathema i was like oh my god like they're having a band of this i mean they're not a massive band but they certainly you feel like they would be big enough They've got. Um, they're one of those bands who have a very rabid following, but yeah, yeah they'll play two thousand seaters in um, in uh, London and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, what would have been Astoria size, maybe. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, not massive, but but not not inconsequential either. Not small. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
very, very weird and sad and uh, um, discombobulating, that news, I thought it was. Um, in slightly better news, 2000 Trees have announced a whole load of bands for next year, which is good. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That, yeah. that actually happens, is, you know, yeah. what I'm obviously going to say. Um, so Jimmy Eat World are the headliners. Um, you've got... Do you just would... want to do... Shall we just do highlights, just considering we're, we've got quite a long show anyway? Yeah, or sure. do you want to do the whole thing? Oh, I well, know. I was... Yeah, I was going to do the kind of the ones that people would know. I mean, I, the Amazon... I don't know the Amazons at all. Do you know that, I, I've heard of them, but they hmm. don't do anything for me. No. Um, Creeper, Dinosaur, Pile Up, Get Up, Kids, Knock Loose, um, Counterfeit, Rome shapes. I'm said highlights and fuck that up, haven't I? <laughs> uh, the Saint Pierre Snake Invasion, Black Futures, Nervous. Um, who else have we got down here? Royal Dream Republic. Nails, Royal Republic, Dream Nails, Wargasm, um, Ithaca. There's some good shit on here. We never learned to live. Mm-hmm. We never learned to live. Yeah. Foxjaw, Haggard Cat. Um, oh dear. Katie Malco is playing in Technicolor. Had them yep. on the show um thrice playing the hisu in full yep Partly. that was one that i was about to throw to you about because i mean everyone say thank you to renfrey because... <laughs> <laughs> okay look look many 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 months ago um band booker james scala asked me if uh if um thrice fans wanted to hear one record in full which one would it be and i said i would imagine it would be for hisu so i'm assuming i have something to do with that all right mm-hmm. That's yep. all I'm saying. Uh, Creature are playing. You're a big fan yep. of them. I like Steak, them, yeah. Steak, um, who, whose record, I, that Steak album that came out last year, I am still listening to that record. And it's oh, one you, I haven't of, listened to it for a while, but it's good. It's one of the albums that I think to myself, that probably should have been in my top 20. So right, yeah, okay. if you fancy I like, I like, I do like it when that happens, when one just yeah. sort of sneaks back into yeah, you. Yeah, um, yeah. Pup, um, puppy are playing record. as well. Puppy, yeah. Laura Jane Grace is playing. Yep. Um, oh, I didn't say the Menzing is Menzing is Crossfaith. I mean, the big ones like Anti Flag. I don't really like Anti Flag. No Devotion are the ones that I was going to bring up with you as well, Rimfrey. I was that was I was excited as excited about seeing No Devotion on the poster as I was seeing pretty much anyone because yeah. we spoke about that that album uh, on a Rioters review, and I think it's a fucking great record. And I I feared that we would. That, that would be it. We would never see them again. That would be the end of that. Mm. Um, but it appears they're coming back. It appears they're coming back. And I'm, I'm assuming that will be their um, debut performance, if it happens. So mm. that's nice to see. Um, nice to have Jeff back over. Yeah, Jeff Rickley. Yep. Um, Jeff Rickley. Yeah, that'd be stick cool. To your, stick to your guns. Um, Goddamn. We've never spoken about Goddamn much, but they're really good live, I would say. So mention, yeah, it is. Did you mention Black Peaks? Black Peaks are on there. Once, uh, yeah, once a beautiful place. I am no longer afraid to die. Here on there, Svalbard, yep. Loathe, um, Leached. It's a fucking cracking lineup. In fact, the Thursday, and they haven't even um, they haven't even got a headliner for Saturday night yet. So there's still a headliner to go. Wow. Um, the Thursday is ridiculously stacked. <laughs> I have to say, and it actually just gave me a bit of anxiety just looking at it, going, "Oh my god, I don't know how I'd be able to see all those bands." Um, but yeah, uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. I would even wager that it might l- look even better than it was uh, going to be if it had happened this year. I think they've added a couple of bands. I mean, No Devotion being an example of mm. like, oh, hello. Okay, that makes it even more exciting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I don't, were Royal Republic on there last time? I don't think they were. Uh, I can't remember. That's the thing. I just, I, 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 I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it is stacked as fuck. And as per, it's like, hooray, 2000 trees. It'll be great. Mm. Yeah, should be good. Should be good. Um, speaking of things that should be good, uh, I watched the live stream of NerfX playing White Trash 2, uh, two Hebes and a Bean mm. um, on Saturday night. And I wanted to bring this up not particularly because I thought it was like an incredible thing that we should be talking about, but because live streams at this point are very much part of uh, the the sort of the ecosystem of being in a band, aren't they really? Like we had Lamb of God doing one. We spoke about the Nick Cave one. We've spoken about the Trivium one. We've spoken about the Code Orange one. We've spoken about a whole bunch of these, these things happening. Yeah. And for the most part, I think we've been pretty pretty positive about it i particularly love the code orange obviously um the code orange live stream which i thought was wicked uh, i mean biffy we, we, were great the as biffy well. one was brilliant we've predominantly covered the the, the good ones on purpose mm. because we don't want to waste your time yeah <laughs> but, yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah yeah are you so, about to waste our time steve i'm not sure. i'm not gonna waste your time but here's what i'm gonna say when you're a band like biffy clyro and you put that much thought into your music and that much effort yeah. into your music and that much craft into playing your new record and everything and you know you move from stage to stage that's cool that fits the aesthetic of biffy clyro and you can sit at home with that on your television and think wow isn't this great that is not really the style of nerfx no and it wouldn't make sense for nerfx to try and do something like that so what <laughs> nerfx essentially did was they set up in front of fat mike's swimming pool on his patio in his garden and invited a bunch of people down for a sort of barbecue thing and they played the album in full. With that, does, the, that does sound like a very no effects thing to do. To be yeah, fair. yeah, it was. You know, and they had Fishbone played after them, and they had. Um, I mean, they had. Uh, they had. Uh, <laughs> they had Avenged Sevenfold just on the bottom of the poster, just probably to sell tickets. And <laughs> and M, M Shadows was there, and they were like, and he was like, "Oh, there's my friend M Shadows. Uh, I used his name to sell tickets." <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny he's like his band are terrible but he's a really nice guy <laughs> which was pretty funny um but i think you know no effects are as we've probably discussed on this show before i'm sure we have are hit and miss live they can oh, be yeah. fucking brilliant or they can be a complete mess and i think yeah. that's that's part of their charm really is you go and see no effects and you don't really know what you're gonna get yes yeah yeah and that's what's kind of keeps me coming back to see them what i realized watching that stream is that their style, like the songs sounded sounded great. All the songs, you know, fucking Bob, um, that Minor Threat, uh, so yeah, uh, Straight Edge is on there. Like, they, you know, Liza and Louise, like, you know, it's a fucking great album, mm-hmm. wicked album. And, um, and everything, like them playing it sounded really good. And the kind of ramshackle nature in which they played it, where Fat Mike was like, after Bob was like, that's the, you know, that, those first three songs we know how to play. We don't know how to play anything else on the album. And so it was like people holding up cue cards with the lyrics on so he could remember them and stuff and him making like Eric Melvin take over on vocals. And you also, you saw like, you know, they're a ramshackle band, but El Jefe is, I was like, I never realised how good El Jefe is. He's a really good singer. All of his vocal, all of his like harmonies were brilliant. He was playing the trumpet. He does all these, you know, all the fun, all he does all the funny voices and he's a really good guitarist as well. And I was like, El Jefe's, I really awesome, like man. Yeah, yeah. Our Hefe is awesome. Um, and the song sounded good. But the problem is, is when you're sat at home watching a computer and you've got like four guys 
just sort of milling around at a barbecue chatting like you can't help but feel like you're not really part of it you're not in yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and a, and a NoFX show, you go to see NoFX and whether they're talking for too long and rambling on and talking bullshit and it's not really hitting, like sometimes they talk for too long and it doesn't hit and you're like, guys, mm. play a song and then they go into a song from the fucking one of the new albums and you're just like, we've waited five minutes for you to play a mm. song and you've played a 90 second crap song off one mm. of your new records, like give me a fucking break. Um, but sometimes they can be amazing. They give you like a minute of, of gold. Yeah between yeah. songs and then they go into like sticking in my eye or something you're just like oh what yeah. a band what a fucking band they are and, they are fucking funny as well like yeah on, on, they are yeah. very funny on stage. and um, some of the shit they did was <clears throat> funny but this is the thing i think with live streams it's like it can't re i think you'd said it before like you can't recapture being i think bands with loads of shit going on can give you i think they can get close enough because if you're watching ramstein in a stadium you'd be really far back you'd probably be watching it on a screen anyway yeah i think you can kind of go all right it's not the same but it's sort of close enough this really made me miss actually watching nerfx actually well, being stood in a in a in a club watching nerfx with, yeah. with people around me being at, part of it at least with ramstein you can feel the fire when you're at the back of the stadium, mm. as I as I more or less was for Milton Keynes mm. Bar, uh, Mil mm. not Milton Keynes Bar, Mil Milton Keynes show, um, but yeah, I, I I don't know that that sense of like putting on a barbecue and then live streaming it. Like I would just be like, I want to go to a barbecue now, you know. Mm. And you can't smell the you know hot dogs being barbecued or anything like that. I get I guess it's going to work for some bands and it's not going to work for others. I mean, did you mm. enjoy it at all? I did. I did. The thing is I did enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed the songs and I enjoyed, I mean, and it, it did suit them. And also, you know, they did it kind of multi-cam and all of the different cameras they had on the members of the band were all completely different filters, completely different cameras, completely different shots. Like, so it all looked really like that. I mean, the whole thing was just it, it, like, it was so no effects because it was so half-assed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just so. It was just so half-assed, and I think like, which is totally like, which is to totally, like, it's totally what they do. Yeah, it's, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, without yeah. without trying to sound like cynical marketing person, it's totally their brand. I'm sure yeah. you would hate me describing it like that, but that is <laughs> what it is, you know. But but it, there was a point where I was like watching them, and I was sort of going because you're seeing like four old men on a patio, kind of barely being able to play this this punk song that they've forgotten the words to and stuff yeah. and i was like it's mad to me like cut to fat mike's garden he's got this massive house and i was like it's mad to me that that's their job you know i didn't look at biffy clyro and, and go oh that's their job like how weird you look at biffy clyro or you know you looked at trivium and you were like well they look like a band mm. whereas no effects mm. like <laughs> i don't know it just sort of hammered home how ridiculous it is that no effects have ever made any money from doing what they do <laughs> And I've never really thought that before because you're normally there and you're in it. So there's, it was the first time I'd watched one of those live streams and there was a level of like, um, sort of, uh, um, that you were, you were cut off. You felt kind of cut off from something. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you know, it wasn't bad. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was bad. And I thought, you know, they said some really, there's some really funny shit that they said. It was good. Um, and the song sounded good. The songs, arguably, at some point, some of the songs sounded better than they do on the record. Um, at 
at certain points, not all I, of it. I can believe that. It's not a very well recorded record from I've not no. heard it for ages, but it's uh yeah, the production on that is pretty weak from what I yeah. remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, you know, some of the songs on it actually sounded really good. Mm. Um but, you know, I I don't know, I just like I say, I just felt like I was sort of slightly outside of you know, I was a sort of slightly outside of the the show. You felt distance. Whereas normally I've felt, yeah, yeah, there was, a, there was a distance which I don't think does no effects any favours. Because mm. I think you can be a band where that distance is not really a problem. Mm. Whereas with no effects it's a problem. But like I said, man, it was good. I mean, I, I've not heard him play Sold Out for a long time and that was wicked. Um, like I say, Liza and Louise and Bob sticking in my eye, Straight Edge, all amazing. I tell you what, um, Johnny Appleseed sounded fucking brilliant johnny appleseed sounded way 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 better than the recorded version it was brilliant and again oh. el jefe is um is really good el jefe is like an actual musician yeah the other three the other three i don't know what they're playing at but like <laughs> <laughs> it was just like fucking hell just these four blo- i've paid money to watch these four blokes stand on their patio and just dick around mental so yeah i mean i just thought it was an, in- it's an interesting thing it's an interesting thing of like how streaming have this kind of live stream thing it works for some people but then it kind of doesn't work as well for other people and i don't think it's the answer like it made me no. go well this is not the answer for everyone no but bands like code orange and biffy clyro uh have proved i, I think behemoth we haven't mentioned the behemoth mm-hmm. stream but the behemoth stream is absolutely outstanding yeah. um you know have proved that you can do something really fucking cool with it and make something really genuinely cinematic with it but i think it should personally i think it should be seen as like a separate entity to live shows myself that's how i feel yeah. about it anyway um mm. it's kind of like the way that uh ramstein did in paris you know if you're gonna film these things like m- maybe this whole pr- maybe this whole um period will make bands rethink about how they do those kind of i mean people don't buy them on dvd or blu-ray anymore but you know those live shows that you would would buy on 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 dvd or even vhs or whatever uh, and I don't think that would be a bad thing. I think that'd be amazing. No. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ramstein in Paris is still one of the most incredible, incredible things I've ever seen. And there are shots and elements of that that you could never recreate, even by buying a ticket and going to see them. You know, mm. which is incredible. Yeah. You certainly couldn't recreate it by standing on Fat Mike's patio um, <laughs> <laughs> with three different dodgy handheld cameras <laughs> and no, not really no. knowing the words to your songs. Um, no. But anyway, no no effects being no effects. I mean, they ain't going to listen to a fucking word either of us say about oh, like that stuff. And and so they you know, shouldn't. So they no, shouldn't. No, no, you know, no, good, no. Good for them. Uh, but it was still, you know, it was it was decent. It was just I thought it was interesting. Anyway, um, let's get on. We got a lot of reviews to get through, so let's start getting through them. Starting. And there's a few places we could have started this week, I reckon. But really, really, there's only one band who could top the show, really. And it's Deftones. This is the ninth album by the Sacramental Alt Metal Quartet, the follow-up to 2016's Gore. I believe this is the longest gap between records that Deftones have ever had. Uh, the album is called, yeah, I believe so, Just. I think ju- I think the the it's by months right. that Koino Yokan... Um, between gore tipped over um it's called ohms like the band mm. sort of mm. sort of bet they're, bet they're livid aren't they 
<laughs> Must oh. be livid. I did point it out to Paul. Uh, and uh, Oh, no, I think he was quite happy about it, actually. Um, I think he'd like uh, them to take take them out because that seems to make the most sense. I I think Ohm should call their next album Deftones. That would be a really yeah. nice piece of meta. I, I think they should do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, su- anyway. I suggested on Twitter that they should call it Deft Tones, as in D-E-A-F-E-D Tones, because it's spelled slightly differently as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, deft Ones. Deft Ones. <laughs> the Deft yeah. Ones. That could um, work. Yeah, okay. So anyway, Deftones, I think probably um well certainly one of my favorite bands certainly oh, one of your favorite bands i think yeah. collectively one of the bands that we would consider jointly uh the most highly thought of acts in that we could cover between the two of us that we would have the most sort of similar love towards i mean i'm in the I'm, world i'm being facetious when i say this but i do wonder sometimes when i was writing notes for this record that a part of me was kind of like is there any point in us reviewing this record because we fucking love them so much i cannot i personally and i know people will be like ah saturday night wrist or self-titled or whatever but i don't think deftones have ever released a bad album definitely not a bad album even apache i i don't even think they've released i think <laughs> If you were being super, 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 super harsh, I think you could say they've released maybe a patchy album, but it's still good. And the high points are so high, but I wouldn't even say patchy. I even think the patchy stuff is good. Exactly. Like Saturday Night Wrist, which most people would say, oh, you know, it's not very good. It's got half of it, at least half of it is incredible. It's got Beware on it. It's got Xerxes on it. It's got Hole in the Earth on it. It's got Kim Dracula on it. Yeah, f- fucking brilliant record. I mean, you know, fucking amazing yeah. record. Um, so part of me was kind of like, we're just gonna go fucking crazy for this anyway. And you know, if any- anyone who's listened to our hour-long conversation on gore that we put out um a few weeks ago, uh, Patreon.com/slash Right at Podcast, uh, you know, we'll know that we're kind of marks for Deftones, and we spent that hour or, or a long, long part of that hour basically going, why do people not like this record? Yeah. Um. And I think that's probably a good place to start because I think Oms is a reaction to Gore in a way, isn't it? Do you agree with that? I've got an even better place where I'd like to start, if oh, you don't mind. All right, go on. I think, here's here's where I come in. I think it's hard to know what to think about a new Deftones album at this point. I think they're, as we've discussed already, they're one of the most consistent bands in music. They don't really have anything to prove to anyone at this point. And I think Gore was an example of them going we're going to do this because we really don't we really don't have anything to prove to anybody anymore we've decided we're going to do this whether you like it or not it's happening um in terms of the size of the band i don't really see them getting any bigger Mm. but i don't think that with the back catalog like they've got and with people like you and I, I mean, we are not alone in the way that we feel about Deftones. No, no, no. Um, I don't really see them dropping down and getting any smaller either. I feel like it would take something absolutely monumental in either direction to really make me feel any differently about Deftones than I do right now. And when I say in either direction, were they to make another White Pony, 
my level of respect for them would go up even higher even though i'm not really sure i think i'm bashing my head pretty fucking hard against that ceiling (laughs) as it is yeah i agree with every single syllable of that yes Yeah. yeah and i think even if this ohms was an absolute turd for the mm. first time in their career they have they have earned a misstep after eight brilliant records so that that kind of thinking <clears throat> and you know there are people who just don't like them you know for mm-hmm. whatever reason there mm-hmm. are people like i don't get it he's not very mm-hmm. good he can't sing they're boring live oh i've heard all that mm-hmm. ridiculous shit mm-hmm. um and that, in my mind, could that makes me think that could lead to a very comfortable band. Mm. You know, a band who don't have anything to prove, a band who know their fans are going to lap up whatever they do, more or less, or mm-hmm. still come back to it. Even the people that didn't like Gore, or didn't get Gore, are still going to come back to Ohms and want to go and go, oh, new Deftones, and they're, they're going to be excited about it. Yeah. So with all of that sort of swirling around their collective heads... It, I think it would be really easy to look at Deftones and go, they they could coast. If they wanted to coast, they could coast now. They could just do whatever. I they could shit agree. they could shit Deftones albums out easy as you like. Mm-hmm. Yep. They could do that. Yeah. Um but I don't think they have done that. Nope. Not at all. Not no. at all. It's very, it's interesting. I read your Metal Hammer review just before we um, started recording. And it's interesting. I mean, you you half made that point in the Metal Hammer review. You've done it more astutely and more interestingly there because you have more space to do it here. Word count, guys. <laughs> Word count. Remember them? <laughs> Word count. Um, but, you know, um, you, you did kind of say that, like, they're, like, in in a weird way, they can't go wrong at this stage. Um, but the fact that they have chosen not to, yeah, just coast, as you say, um, there are, the, you're not going to hear loads of stuff on ohms that you've not heard Deftones do before, but there are still little dribblings of it um, mm-hmm. here and there. Um, I think the big one is uh, synths. They've uh, yep. gone on a bit of a synth. Wave. Blade Runner, Blade, yeah, yeah, big time. Um, thing. Um, only you know, it's only sprinklings. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about Perturbator here. We're not talking about Carpenter Brute, but just certain songs. I mean, Genesis. Uh, people will have heard if you have been listening to the singles. Um, the first song on the record. You know, the album starts with a buzzy synth sound. Yeah. Um, and there are. Um, what is the track which has the Vangelis outro for like a minute? Is it Pompeii? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, or or Pompeji. Pompeji. Um, um, you know, has that, yeah, that beautiful minute long. Yeah, Vangelis is absolutely the thing, isn't it? I mean, it does mm-hmm. absolutely sound like that Blade Runner soundtrack. Um, and it's just a bloody lovely outro. It's really, really nice. I think I find it quite funny. I don't know if you've seen, like, that track is the track that features seagulls. 
which I've seen mm. so much bloody talk about. Oh, everyone's just going on about, oh, the new Deftones album has got seagulls on it. It's like, <laughs> yes, yes, it does. It has seagulls on it. But like, is that really the most astute thing you have to say about the new Deftones album? I mean, to be fair, there is a bit of an embargo on it. And, you know, I, I probably people shouldn't have even been saying that there's seagulls on the new Deftones album, the way that Warner Brothers have kept this tight as a gnat's ass, the way that they've been trying to, you know, we, we've... We've had we, some... we were sent a fake name, uh, an album under a fake name. Yes, um, yes. And, and we were sort of like then said, that's the new Deftones, by the way. Because I was like, yeah. who, are, who are they? Like, what, yeah, what we're, pro- we're probably sing? not, even now, we're probably not allowed to say the name that it was sent under. No, I'm not but... going to say the name, just no, in case no, they no. want to use it on the next album. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, all sorts, like, all sorts of restrictions and all sorts of, you know, people trying to get hold of this record. So the fact that they could even mention the fact that seagulls were on it. And yes, there are seagulls on that track and they're very, very nice. But I was kind of like, but what about the minute-long Vangelis outro? That's the bit. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That is a beautiful song though isn't it uh right it is a beautiful record. song love yeah. that song very, yeah very i mean song. i th- to kind of broadly go in to the album in four i mean yes you're right i think there are a couple of things i would throw in the um the kind of red fang s stoner rock riff that starts uh the title track as well at the end of the record which i don't think i've ever heard deftones tonally sound like a that kind of woozy kiasy stoner thing before i've never really heard that what 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 struck me about it is it's a um happy riff it's um it's uh i th- I, I think it's major key and deftones mm. very very rarely operate in the major key mm. um and that to me it was really like Ugh, oh wow um i have to be totally honest um i think it's my least favorite song on the record if i'm totally honest i still think okay. it's great I mean, we're yeah. talking about an eight out of ten. <laughs> I still think it's great that song, mm. um, but I, I, I think for, I don't know if it's just because I don't know why. I, I, I it, it feels alien to me hearing them do a major. I'm not saying I dislike it, and I reckon in a few months' time, once I've got used to it, I'll probably see it live, and then I'll go. This is fucking killer. What am I talking about? But at the moment, it feels alien and weird to me. Yeah, it it was a real, it was a real, like, and it didn't sound like much, but it was, uh, I did go, fucking hell, I've never heard them do anything like this before. No, exactly. Yeah. And Mm. and I think, I think it was quite divisive, that song. And I've kind of been, you know, sort of trying to hint without trying to be like, oh, I've heard the record, but trying to hint to people just like, if you're disappointed by the first single, don't worry about it because it's not indicative of the entire record. In fact, the, the single choices have been very interesting for this record, I think quite interesting i mean i think the thing getting back to the record in full rather than the little things that you you wouldn't have heard a lot of it is like you say is stuff that you probably would have heard i mean i would say and it probably sounds like an insult to say that ohms is a record that has no strong defining characteristics in the same way as white pony or adrenaline or gore did do you know what i mean i don't I, i i mean i do think that but then i don't think that as an insult i think it's kind of like a it feels like a tour of their entire back catalogue. I think you can take the first two songs and it's very Deftonesy. Now, of course it is. It's Deftones. And it's pretty much impossible to separate um, Chino Moreno. I mean, Chino Moreno has got the same thing that Maynard James Keenan's got. um, Whereas when you hear his voice, you immediately go, okay, that's what that's chino 
that's what that's Deftones because yeah. that voice. And I feel like people have a real hard time. And I've seen people say like unbelievably dumb shit, like oh, all of their songs sound the same. And I think it's because they listen to Chino and they just hear this voice that they can't really connect with. Do you know mm, what I mean? Maybe, and I think that maybe. like the stuff that goes on behind it, they just hear this voice that they can't really understand and they don't really like and is a bit too weird and insular for them. And they they think that equates to everything sounds the same where they're not really listening to it. I mean, I don't want to give those people too much <laughs> airtime, to be honest, because fuck me. Um, but but I think that's why people think that. So I do think it's a fairly deftonesy start, but I think you could take either of those first two songs. So um, uh, the first song being Genesis, um, Genesis Genesis and Ceremony. And I think you could put those two songs in Gore. I think you could put them on White Pony. I think you could put them in Diamond Eyes. And Mm. I think they would fit. I don't think they sound strictly precisely like the sound of any of those albums or Mm. what those albums are known for. But I think those songs would fit on those records and yeah. it wouldn't be like, like, for example, if you put seven words on gore, yeah, no, you'd Ooh. be like, what the fuck? No, Do you no, know no. what I mean? Yeah. But whereas I think those songs could fit on there. And yeah, and I, so yeah, when I say, I you know, Ohms doesn't have a strong defining characteristic, I don't mean it hasn't got a strong characteristic, that characteristic being Deftones from all eras and all ages and the entire wide broad smorgasbord of influences that they've brought to the table throughout their entire career i just think if you're looking like i really like we really loved gore and i think one of the reasons i really loved gore was because i thought this record is just not like anything else they've ever done before Mm. it still sounds like them but it is really different Mm. to everything else they've ever done and i really kind of admired the fact that they resisted the temptation to move away from this particular pocket of sound and they really really deeply dug as deep as they could into that very specific area that they'd sort of touched on before but they'd never really dug as far down and as deep down into it as they did in gore i think in ohms they dig down really deep from but they dig the whole field Mm. I do agree with you, although I tried to... I mean, I don't want to make too lazy a comparison, but when you have a band who have been going as long as Deftones, we were talking about a band with nine full-length albums, um, a good starting point to, to say... It's, it's good, it's, it's useful to say it's this record sounds a little bit like such and such record to give people a bit of a, you know, a, an idea of what it's like. And it did take me a little while to come to this conclusion. I do agree with you. There are bits that there's bits that sound like adrenaline on this album, for example, and it does take from all of their career. But I overall, if I'm taking all 10 songs into consideration, I think a very kind of base level um way that this sounds is a combination of koino yakan and self-titled record that's the conclusion i came to i think that's fair enough yeah uh i can't really i can't really describe beyond that why i think that it's just that's just what it sounds like to me let me let me try if you don't mind yeah yeah, let me try i would say koino yokan is um you know, when people were surprised at how sort of expansive and melodic and dreamlike Gore was, I was like, 
have you just listened to Swerve City off of Koino Yoko? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's hints and clues that that was where they're going to go all over the place. I, I think this is kind of... Bands sort of have chapters um, in their in their lives and in their discography. And I think you can, you can quite comfortably chapter Deftones entire career, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Diamond Eyes to Gore is a chapter. Diamond Eyes was this big come. We have to come back and give you something which is all the stuff you love from White Pony and all the stuff you love from Around the Fur. It's a kind of mature version of Around the Fur, really, isn't it? With hmm. more of the melodic stuff. And then Koino Yokan was like, we can still write catchy big hooky songs but also we're looking to to go a little bit deeper and further down the more atmospheric territories and there's plenty of that on koino yokan and then gore took that to its natural conclusion gore feels like a full stop and ohms is for me the start of a new chapter um the self-titled record is a very personal quite an angry record even the quiet stuff on the the self-titled record feels like quite an quite an angry despondent record yeah. so i think when you mix that um the, the the kind of the looking to experiment um but not go fully but not stray too far from what people really like about you that you get on koino yokan and you get the kind of just the sort of below the surface anger that exists on pretty much all of the self-titled record and when you mix that together that's sort of what oms is i think mm, yeah i think that's fair fair to say um shall we get into some of the songs specifically because i feel like what we haven't done i think we're tiptoeing around it a little bit but we yeah. haven't i mean as i said before i think that deftones maybe have taken on board some of the criticisms of gore and the main ones seem to be that it just wasn't heavy enough for people <laughs> yeah, as if yeah. as if that's any indications to whether a record is good or not but mm. apparently to some deftones fans it is um and i think on songs like the spell of mathematics radiant city and this link is dead which i already know is your favorite because i read your review and it's a great yeah. song you know those songs have these great big slabs of heavy tar thick guitars pour through the speakers when you when you listen to them but it doesn't sound like a step backwards in any way shape or form it still feels like modern deftones doing those really thick chunky songs and i think you know chino wouldn't allow it to i, th I think it is predominantly chino who doesn't allow it to to sound like a, a step backwards because he's very 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 melodic on this record you don't get an awful there is um a bit of the chino scream but it is there's a lot of melodicism on this record and i think i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's a good thing i think that it's a new kind of yeah this word mature again but new mature approach to what deftones are doing i mean it's not even new they've been doing it that way at least since koino yakan debatably even uh since before then but they've been doing it since around the fur well you could argue that yeah 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 exactly um um but i suppose just the the the, the sheer breadth of the melodicism yeah just just yeah. how just you know uh, i i don't know on um on around the fur it, it, it might have been more kind of 40 60 melodic stuff to screams or something like that this one it feels it feels it's like certainly it's, like there's there's stuff like mascara on um yeah 
yeah. and an MX on um on around the fur, which was so 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 different from any metal band. Yeah, at that at that point. Well, this feel I I think this record feels like it's like eighty five percent sung. 15% screamed kind of thing it might yeah, even yeah. be less it might even be less than that it might even be 90 10 and some people some people will bemoan that and i don't think it's a bad thing at all because chino has some of the most recognizable uh in in tone and style vocal melodies ever just that that it, it's just the chino sound you know it, and it sounds fucking great and he's mm. all over this record and it just sounds brilliant um i think era is the song that to me hints at adrenaline especially in its verses um i think the chino of 1995 would have likely wrapped the verses rather than sung them yeah. um and i definitely think him singing them is a improvement personally <laughs> um yeah. but then the chorus opens up into something expansive that deftones only ever really truly found from self-titled onwards and again, I think this is echoing what you were saying before about it's like taking little chunks and little bits and pieces of what Deftones do throughout. And I'm not sure. I'm sure that that's not how they thought of it. You know, they probably just write songs, and, <laughs> you know, but 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 looking back on it now, looking at it now, it does feel like well, you've taken a little bit of adrenaline there and you've taken a little bit of self-titled there. You've taken a little bit of Koino Yakan there and you've mixed it all up and well, do something fucking great again well i tell you what it is is i think that all of them as musicians um i, I think they're they feel like as cohesive a unit and everybody feels like they're putting in like i mean i've said it before i thought and i think i said it when they did the writers review gore frank delgado that was an all-time career best performance from frank delgado yeah. Yeah. he was like the conductor of all of those songs um a little bit less Steph Carpenter, whereas on the self-titled, it is like, go on, Steph, write those big fucking yeah. riffs that you write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there have been pockets of stuff throughout the kind of latter part of their career as all of them evolve and get better as musicians. I think they all have these kind of signature tricks that they can do, but it's very rare. Well, not even very rare, but it's it's not it's not the entirety of, their, of the time that you get all sort of five members of the band pulling those tricks at once. And I think on Ohms, to its credit, they're, they sound more like a connected yeah, they as a have. unit than they have for a long time. I, I mean, the, the push and pull between, you know, Steph Carpenter and Chino Moreno has is sort of long been written as one of the, you know, the key creative mm. forces mm. between that band. Um, but it is nice to hear what sounds like rather than this, you know, brilliantly jarring battle between these two conflicting ideologies. It is brilliant to hear them just kind of all smoothed out together and interweaved with each other. I mean, I don't want to say that that's rare because I don't think it is rare, but I don't think it's happened with such consistency as it does on this record. There's quite a few Deftones records where it's easy to point out a man of the match, if you will. And yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think that's easy to do on this record. It does feel like they're all pulling in the same. Like I, I, it does feel very 
like a very even playing field. It does feel like there's, you know, Chino has moments, Steph has moments, Abe has moments, Frank has moments, Sergio definitely has moments. You know, it does feel very even, which is quite rare for a Deftones record. I'm not sure if that's ever happened before on a Deftones album. No, I was. I said before, the pie is sliced. Uh, every Equally. slice, of the, an equal slice of the pie. Yeah, I feel like everyone's getting an equal slice of the pie on this before. And like I say, you know, that's not all. That's not to say that that makes it better than their other records, mm, mm. because sometimes that friction has made for some really, really incredible, forward-thinking, brilliant music. And I think, you know, that Deftones don't need to like to me again going back to what I said at the start about what would Deftones need to do and how Deftones don't need to reinvent the wheel or to to be for like they've done that already they've done that work to me like when people go oh the new Tool album it just sounds like Tool it's like fine Tool have done the thing that they need to do to be a definitive band of their generation you can't expect them to change and you know I've heard people say about the Dillinger Escape Plan I've heard people say about all kinds of bands who are these like forward thinking evolutionary react you know total bands that that, that change the changes the direction in which that type of music is traveling in yeah yeah um and it's like well i don't think they they, they don't have to do that with every single album it's well, not it's, essential that they do that with every single album it shows a lack of understanding like people who say that like if anyone expects you to be able to like reinvent the wheel on every album yeah, or even every nine other, times other album it's just it's just impossible and yeah. and i i just don't think those people are aware of how the creative process works whatsoever to be totally honest <laughs> like i just think it's just such a naive thing to say and i really feel like you know this album again to start a new chapter of their career and i hope this is the sort of start of something else because i do think they could go in i mean this gives them this gives them a crossroads to go like they could take any element of this and go all right well let's lean on that more for the next time and go and write like i say an album with a really really strong one really really strong i you know ideology or characteristic um and this is kind of the uh, like the if gore was a full stop this is the sort of perfect capital letter to be like, here's everything. Here's everything. Here's a here's a here's a reset button where we just remind you of all the things that we can do, and that's fucking brilliant. And like you say, you know, the heavy shit on here, like this link is dead. I mean, when Girls Telephone Boys by um are from the self titled is the one I compared this link is dead yeah. to. I don't think I've heard them be as scabrously heavy. Mm since that song as they are on this link is dead because even when you think of rocket skates or swerve city um there's not really anything uh that they've done which is as a savage that kind of those screams that really you know that really tortured scream that chino does there's no kind of real bounce to this link is dead it drives and it mm. you know it's thra- it's kind of it's not thrashy but it's kind of it's it's more in tune with the pace of something like thrash than it is in mm. tune with the pace of like bouncy new metal and swerve city might go oh it's a heavy one it's a banger swerve city's really just a you know a catchy rock song with a big fat riff it's mm. not an ang- it's not a particularly angry song you know it's mm. not a kind of no. you know savage song this link is dead is is fucking heavy i do think it's the heaviest song they've done since when girls telephone boys on the self-titled 
There's a shout for that. I had command control in my head, but then you talked about bounce and I was like, well, actually command control is very, very yeah. bouncy. So yes, I understand what you're saying, certainly. And and maybe, maybe, maybe it is. I think something that what is interesting about this record is whilst there are at least three or four really big, heavy songs, you just said the word banger there. I'm not sure, like, are there any songs on here that are dance club bangers no there's no. there's no back to school or anything is there nope. no that nope. that shit's gone i mean that is one Which, thing that has that has been kind of eradicated from yeah. the gore you know era is like there's no obvious there's no obvious single on here you mentioned it no. like, isn't it interesting the singles they pick well whatever they picked i felt would have been interesting because yeah. i don't yeah. hear an obvious single on this yeah, record i i agree and some people might you know, might uh, bemoan that they might go, oh, there, there isn't anything I can shake my booty to. I don't think that's strictly true because there are. Oh, what's the fourth song? Um, error. Error. I mean, error is a bit of a booty shaker, to be honest. Yeah, um, weirdly, uh, weirdly, error is probably my least favorite song on the record. Is it now? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Silly, but oh, come on, error is great. Error it is. No, I'm, me... I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's not great. Mm, I'm just mm, saying mm. it's it's probably the one where I'm just like, okay, yeah, you know, this has got the mm. thing that Deftones do on it, and that's. It's probably it. it's probably the closest to banger territory, isn't it? But I still can't imagine an era really being played in a rock club or anything like that. But I, mean, I think yeah. I think some people do. I think that is how some people judge music. I mean, I think those people are basic bitch to the extreme. But I do think that people go, oh well, unless it has something that I can shake my ass to, it's no good. Uh, and I I I think it's. I just think it's great that Deftones just can't be fucked with that anymore. I just don't think they're they they're really bothered about doing that. I mean, like they've written plenty of those songs. You know, yeah, if that's all you're getting from Deftones, you got yeah. a real you got yeah. a real problem. You're you're missing out on a lot of stuff. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, this album's obvi- obviously from the way we've been talking about it. This album's wicked, and it's got that thing on it where you know I I got it. For, and I had it for about a week before I had to write my review for Metal Hammer, which is long enough, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to write a review in most cases. There there have been times where it's been like, I'm really sorry, can you do this like today sort of thing or tomorrow yeah. or whatever. And, you know, yeah. sometimes because of print deadlines, you, you get an album that's just come in and they want to get it in and you don't get a chance to listen to it. I didn't have that with Deftones. And I think I probably would have been like, you've got to be fucking kidding me if you think I'm going to review a Deftones album after a day or two mm. days or whatever. Mm. And a week is is long enough. Still not really long enough, really. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I've I've now had this for six weeks, maybe two months. And it start and it and now I feel like I think that review I I wrote would I don't think it would really say anything differently as to how good mm. it is, mm. but I mm. think it might say some some other things in it as well. And that's because but then saying that, my review of Gore from our Rioters review that we did two months ago would probably change yeah. if I carried on listening to Gore for another six weeks and we did it two months again, two months from now. Because the- they the never wonder- stop getting giving you more stuff. The wonderful press person for Deftones did say that um, this record is a grower, and I don't think it was. Uh, in a way, I didn't even feel necessary for people like us to know that because all Deftones records are growers to an extent. Yeah. But certainly, I liked this album an awful lot from the first moment that I played it. 
but certainly I still feel like I'm getting to grips with it. And um, God, how long have I had it? A few weeks, uh, probably three weeks or so. And um, I, 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 I definitely love it. I'm still unsure as to how much I love it. Um, I mean, if I was, I did think about this and I thought if I were, I don't think there's any, I can't place it in the entire Deftones discography, but just taking the last, uh, let's say from Diamond Eyes onwards, which I think is the beginning of a new era of Deftones for many reasons. Um, it's, it's, to be totally honest with you, it's probably my third favourite of those, of those four, but, uh, which doesn't sound like an amazing, um, uh, recommendation, but, but those records are... It's probably, my, it's probably my fourth favourite of those four. Oh, right. Okay. But, <laughs> but it's still um, fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, where do you rank this in the the kind of Deftones discography, which is a really difficult thing to do. And clue. Um, clue. they almost need their own separate little uh, individual, uh, like, columns mm. to go why that is there and then that yeah. goes there do you know what i mean and i yeah. i like i mean i we were, i was talking the other day and we we're like oh, where would you put this in the and i was just like oh kind of somewhere around the middle i guess which sounds like a real cop out of a yeah, thing to say yeah, like yeah, somewhere yeah. around the middle but yeah. it's because you know i think there are albums that already i'm like i think this is probably better than a couple of them i mean i personally like i would say it's I would definitely take it above Adrenaline and the self-titled. Definitely. Um, and almost probably Saturday Night Wrist as well. After that, I think it gets a bit harder to make a claim that I, uh, at the moment, I can say it's better than them. But the fact that I would give, I mean, I love Adrenaline. I've loved it since the first time I ever heard it. And it's got like, just so, but, but it is kind of, I guess, objectively the, most basic one adrenaline's my least favorite deftones album which is an yeah. insane thing to say because it's a yeah. fucking great record but it is I, I think favorite. the self-titled is f- like fucking brilliant w- wonderful yeah uh i mean we've already spoken about saturday night wrist so just being above them i don't think i mean it's you know like we say i don't think there is such a thing as a deftones album which isn't great hmm. Eight out of ten would be the lowest you could even possibly ever conceive of giving any Deftones album. I agree. Yep. And you'd have to be a tight fucker for that as well, I think. I'd I'd give Adrenaline eight out of (laughs) ten. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, it's it's a fucking great... It's another great record from Deftones. I mean, surprise, surprise. We love it. As per. Yeah. I mean, anything else you want to say about... This record before we move on? Uh, I don't I know, I don't know. Um I like the finger clicks in the spell of mathematics. Yes, me too. <laughs> that is brilliant. Love yeah. the finger clicks. Yeah. Uh, I mean there are so many highlights on this record. I finally achieved balance, balance, balance. Love it. Love it. It's an illusion. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. I love and that, it. I that love that this bit on ceremony, that dry, like the way they go from that into this really driving riff into that kind of lilting picked part. That is just it's just an amalgam of all the things that make Deftones so brilliant. So yeah, it is wicked. Like you know, everything on this is wicked. Surprise, yeah. surprise, it's wicked. Um you knew we were gonna say that. 
but you also knew that we weren't lying. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the most obvious review of 2020. <laughs> yeah, but but coincidentally, the most accurate as well. Um, and um, but to kind of go back to my where I start, we sort of started this review off as like, what does this mean to Deft? I guess what does this? What do you think this album says about Deftones as a band in 2020 that they can release this record off the back of a uh, we know an album that we both think is brilliant but an album that was you know maligned somewhat by their fan base and i mean it's just i just feel like it's so rare to get a record where you're just like god this is still brilliant mm. it's still brilliant i don't know i can never predict it i mean i i remember getting gore and um i did not anticipate the backlash to gore at all me neither and uh, not in the slightest because you know we, we both i'm assuming we both got that in advance as well and yeah. uh listening to gore I, I mean i had it oh my god i barely listened to anything else from for for the month or so i had it b- before it came out I, I just just loved it um so I don't, I, I don't know. You can never tell. And it's really, you know, I, I did my usual thing of not listening to the singles beforehand. Um, but I've seen some very, very, you know, just on sort of my timelines and so on and so forth, some very, very uh, mixed reactions to the singles. And then when I listened to the singles, I was like, oh, right. So that's the reaction to that one. That's the reaction to that one. I mean, for a lot of the, a lot of the time, I'm just like, what are you talking about? I just don't I don't get any of the criticisms to be honest um that i I have heard of the singles um even even with some of the as i said um the first single release from the record may may well be my least favorite song on the album but even that i think is a fucking cracking song um Mm. so i don't i i don't i have no idea what does it mean for the band i mean it doesn't change to be totally honest this doesn't change how i feel about deftones in the slightest for it more positively or negatively i'm ex- in exactly the same place that i was before with deftones i.e they are <laughs> one of my favorite bands ever i fucking love them they have not moved up in my list of estimation they've not moved down in my list of es- estimation list of estimation that's a weird phrase i just think they're i just think they're wonderful and nine records in all nine of them are fucking amazing long live deftones yeah yeah i agree it's weird isn't it it's weird to be so just blase oh it's the same about a band Mm, yet mm. whilst loving them so much and i imagine that the people who didn't get it before are going to continue to not get it of course and the people that love them are going to continue to love them and nothing's and the odd thing about an album as good as this is that it will usher in nothing no change whatsoever nothing will change at all which is a really weird thing to be saying about an album which is so brilliant do you know what i mean from such a big band this is arguably i would say this is arguably the biggest rock stroke metal release of the year you think we're not going to get a metallica album we're not going to get obviously not going to get a slayer album we're not going to get a sabbath or a maiden or a ramstein or a tool or a slipknot or a corn or um, uh i thought mushroom head released a record this year ah uh, yes that's true <laughs> yes uh mushroom head <laughs> did but i don't really think of them as metal i think they're so much more than that do you know what i mean that's like that's like it's sort of taylor swift kanye mushroom head are like the main sort of three big artists these days isn't it um yeah but but so deftones is probably the big the big metal release of the year and yet it will change 
nothing. But yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? That like such a ma- they are such a massive band. I mean, and and probably like a step down from the Sabbaths and the I Maidens and Metallicas and those bands size wise, obviously. But yet this because of those bands not releasing anything, you know, no no Avenge, no Slipknot. If you go into that realm as mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. this is this is the biggest probably the biggest metal release of the year. Yeah, and maybe yet, it and it will do nothing for it to change anyone's mind about anything. But I also think that's wonderful in a way. Yeah, me too. You know. I do. Yeah. Oh god, I love this band. What a great <laughs> band. Anyway, Oms by Deftones is out now. It's unsurprisingly fucking great. Um let's move on to Idols. Ultra Mono is the name of their third album. Uh the Bristolian Postpunks were, I would say, the breakthrough guitar band of the last five years, if we're being completely honest about it. Is that a fair statement, would you say? Certainly in a commercial sense, yeah. I mean, the difference yep. the difference between uh, when we first talked about this band um, two years ago to now, I mean, um, when we first talked about them, uh, they were known by a small group of people, and now everybody has an opinion on Idols, whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah, and most of the time do i know want to hear it <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest um so uh i for a little bit of people for sort of newer listeners i got hold of um joys and acts of resistance the 2018 idols album and i thought it was absolutely brilliant i'd heard brutalism i thought it was okay uh, i knew a lot of my mates really liked it and i knew there was going to be some hype around idols i did i was aware that there was a bit of hype building i didn't quite think that this was going to happen i didn't see them for a front cover of nme and you know getting nominated for a brit uh and all that stuff i did think that might be a little bit of a stretch but yeah. playing alexander palace yeah Yep. Playing Alexander Palace, you know, one of the sort of definitive sets of Glastonbury last year. Um, big, really, really big. And I didn't see that happening on the last record. But what I did like about the last record is that it felt like a really exciting amalgamation of, let's be honest, a very noble ideology delivered through some often cartoonish, but not as ridiculous and as uh one-dimensional as people seem to have them pinned down for lyrics mm. um but also some personal stuff which i don't think ever gets talked about and i can't understand how that stuff which i think is some of the most powerful stuff on joy as an act of, as an act of resistance i can't understand how a lot of that personal stuff that was put on the record very dark very emotionally um open and very honest and very brave stuff that joe talbot the band's lead singer was talking about i'm not quite sure how so much of that seems to have slipped through the net with so many people but it appears to have done that because idols were characterized as just this kind of bore this kind of (laughs) woke lads doing boorish lager lout music do you know what I mean? I think I think it's because a song like um, you know, I think one of the songs you're talking about is June, for example. Yeah. Um, doesn't easily fit with the image that they have cultivated. It's basically. True. I, mm. I, I think I, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you that it's a real shame that those songs have um 
I mean, June is just an absolute gutter punch. Yeah. Of a song. In, almost impossible to listen to. Yeah. Like you, you have to work yourself up to listen to that. And I think, you know, this whole like, oh, idols do like the cat sat on the mat fucking, mm. but about feminism is mm. like, it, it sounds to me like people who have had a cursory listen to the band. Um, yes, to yes, to an extent. I mean, there has been some interesting. Um, I mean, as soon as bands get big, uh, something that um, smaller, more insignificant bands like to do is diss them publicly in order to get some publicity, uh, mm-hmm. which has been happening. Sleaford Mods have been throwing a few things. Um, a band who I had never heard of until they started throwing shit at idols, uh, Fat White Family, have been doing mm-hmm. as well. There was a um, piece uh there was a very very long long uh diatribe about why idols were um oh they said the group represent everything that is wrong with contemporary cultural politics uh basically um i mean it does feel like a lot of i mean this just happens small bands piggybacking on the success yeah yeah it's a funny thing this isn't it because i mean you know i I, I, I get the sort of, oh, they've got big, you know, the sellout thing. I kind of get it. I mean, I do think if you really are, if you really believe in in something, then surely the, the first thing you'd want to do was if somebody kind of stands for something similar, at least something similar to, to, how, to what you believe, then you would think and they were they were bringing that message to a lot of people and a lot of people who aren't used to hearing that message as opposed to you know whatever that band you've just said they're 19 fans who all exactly Mm -hmm. agree with them precisely i mean you know i i say this about uh john lennon quite a lot i mean i know john lennon did some things which weren't very nice right Mm. um and people have now talked about cancelling john lennon good luck with that um i do think you know like for any of those smaller bands who talk shit about John Lennon, I just think, you know, if you were to take everything that that band, who probably stand for something that I completely agree with, if you were to take all of the good work, the good things that that band had done, and take every band they know, and take all of the good things they've done, and put them all together, and in fact take all of those bands' entire record collections, and all of the good things that had happened because of those bands, and all their favourite little punk bands, and you banded them all together, and you took all of the good work that those bands did, and you timesed it by a billion, literally by one billion. A billion's a big number. A let's billion. Go with, let's go with a million. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a billion. I'm gonna go with a billion. Okay. You times it by a billion, you might get close to impacting people's lives positively about nearly fifty percent mm. as much as John Lennon did. Mm. And you know, uh, that's just a fact. Which is like, not. An, which is not an excuse for the shitty things he did. But at the same, not time, an excuse. But, but at, at the, the same, same time, time yeah. like. You it is conveniently fi- forgetting that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can, yeah. you can, you you want to, like you want people like this whole kind of like I'm whiter than white. I am perfect. You know, you've never had like those people have never been scrutinized in the same way as somebody like John Lennon would have been. Do you know what I mean? Um, and for the for the scrutiny that he receives, uh, for me anyway, like what he's done that is good comfortably 
outweighs the bad i think i think um, that's something i like about idols they kind of um admit to their flaws as well so there was this there was this quite a big um uh there was quite a big thing about them not you know being very sort of feminist and so on and so forth and then someone pointed out that they hadn't really brought many female acts with them um mm. out as support yeah. and every you know for their massive monumental uk island tour fingers crossed that it goes ahead that they're doing um beginning of next year i think every mm -hmm. single they they're bringing out something like nine support acts in total because they want to showcase all these people and every single support act is either a woman or is mm. a band who has at least one woman in the band yeah i saw and that i went and listened to a lot of those bands and yeah. most of them aren't very good so hooray for tokenism <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but um but yes i mean the but the, they they actually listened and they yeah. they went you know what fine we'll we'll hold our hands up to that and we'll do something about it and people still fucking moan right. it's just oh like, that's convenient yeah ex <laughs> it's exactly like, it's that's just like, oh, three days ago hell. i tweeted they did that and suddenly they it's like really you think you have that much <laughs> oh yeah because no 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 because it, it to, to to get an entire bill of support acts it, it only takes a day to sort all that out for oh a massive, yeah, like, a yeah, massive yeah. Tour. it wouldn't really that wouldn't easy. have been that wouldn't have been six months of work beforehand i mean yeah come on um um and you know i've seen i mean like there's there's been some um I, i've even seen some support acts who were going to be uh who wanted to be part of the bill but like didn't feel like they were being offered enough money i mean that's an industry-wide problem that's nothing to do with idols specifically blah 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 you know um i i think i think the criticism that i think is most resolutely incorrect with idols is this idea that they are not sincere in their politics I just think that is fucking nonsense. And I think that they have proved it time and time again that they are sincere and they do admit that they're not perfect. Um, but I'd actually rather um, support someone who admits that they have flaws and then tries to do something about it than support someone who goes, I am whiter than white and I'm going to judge every one of you fuckers until you do things the way that I think you should do it. The yeah. internet. Yeah. Um, what, what is that person trying to hide? something awful something fucking awful is the answer we don't know what we don't know you're talking about but trust me that person has got something fucking horrible to hide uh anyway i don't really want to spend too much time talking about that because i think like i say the last album for all of its very noble ideology um i thought what made it really special was joe talbot talking about like the, the amalgam of this socially conscious um a very unusual sound for sort of i mean it's become we've spoken about post-punk as a genre a hell of a lot in the aftermath of idols look a at hell all, of a look a at all the bands look at all the bands who have i'm not saying they've necessarily formed due to idol success uh, you know maybe some of these bands were doing it anyway but we talked about fontaine's dc sleaford mods have a very similar thing i've not heard fat white family but i wouldn't be surprised if they sound very similar uh you know all these th this this post well, mate, even, revival even, thing is down <laughs> to idols napalm death i like trains you know like i'm again i'm not saying that that, that napalm death heard idols and went oh let's go and do that but this no. sound is a has become like you know once more part of the the sort of the sonic tapestry of popular music again um, it's definitely in fashion at the moment yes yeah yeah and 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 i'm i'm 
here for it you know i think mm. it's wicked i speak about this stuff all the time from bambara to you know whoever oh, else. even yeah. jay even mm. even the bits and jay jail that you know like uh, uh post punky like it's a very very different thing to idols but that kind of oi um oi meets post punk that kind of the full meets <laughs> exploited that idols do um it was really different at the time and 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 mixing that in with like i say that really searing tra- tragic personal insight i was like this this is this is different man this is really genuinely exciting and i believed it and i think the reason probably you and i I, I was more inclined to believe it and I was more inclined to dig a little bit deeper into Idol's lyrics, which can be a little bit like, you know, the cat sat on the mat sometimes is because hearing a song like June made me go, you don't write this song if you've got nothing to say. Absolutely. You don't write this song if if you don't believe in the thing that you're doing. Why would I not take Idol's at face value when Joe Talbot is willing to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this time, I'm pleased to say that it appears for Joe Talbot's life that things have been better for him in in his in his personal life. It's more because it's more looking outwards than it is inwards. Yeah, isn't it, this because yeah. we don't get that on that record. And I mean, I don't want to sound for any minute like, oh God, it would have been good if his wife had been hit by a bus or something. Do you know, I obviously I don't think that, but I think that lack of the kind of the the personal insight and heartache that I felt was really unique and daring to Joy as an Actors of Resistance is not on Ultra Mono. And I think Ultra Mono suffers as a record with that element taken out personally. I do understand what you're saying and I do agree with you to a certain extent. Um, what I will say though, as certainly, certainly it feels like musically a more one-dimensional record um it does feel very kind of like pow 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 attack 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 more or less for the entire record i think there's one record uh, one song right at the end which is which does is a bit different it might be a little bit too little too late although i do think it's a great song but i'll get onto that in a bit what i will say though is just to sort of talk about the cat matt hat lyrics a little bit it's been a lot of um I've already seen kind of early criticisms of the cat hat map lyric style. The but I just wanted to take an example to explain why I actually think that these lyrics are genius in their simplicity. Um the opening lyric uh to War, which is the first song on the record, is that very onomatopoeic uh verse, which basically takes it basically sums up the entire history of human conflict and war in one verse. And it's it's similar to the jump cut in 2001, in my eyes. You know that very famous jump cut where the, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. ape throws the bone up into the air and then it turns mm. into a spaceship and it's like, oh, mm. wow, 2,000 years later or whatever it is. No, millions and millions of years later. And, you know, so Joe Talbot, I mean, he does it far better than I'm going to do it, but he 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 makes like a noise of a sword watching that's the sound of the sword going in clack a clack a clang that's the sound of the gun going bang bang took a took 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 a that's the sound of the drone button pusher shh 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 that's the sound of the children took her and i i've heard people like mock that lyric i think it's kind of genius 
it's showing the history of war and how it's changed and how it's changed from this like how it's changed but also how it's just some stayed the same you know in in a stanza and you can look at that verse and you can go oh it's dumb or it's stupid or whatever but guess what so is war war's dumb and stupid and that's what that's what all the best art does it holds a mirror up to society and to world events and idols can appear crass and they can appear vulgar and churlish sometimes but guess what so is the world in 2020 you know See what you've what you've done there Renfrey is you've looked at those lyrics and you haven't just gone oh he's made a sword noise yes. and gone that's a gun bang bang yes you've gone why is what does that actually mean yes right and i've, d- again, I've done I, i've done my job yes <laughs> I, i'm i'm gonna back you up on this and i said this yeah. on the last album people look at that kind of banana splits <laughs> i think i call them banana like banana splits just sloganeering yeah so we're yeah. going to talk about public enemy in a minute yeah. and like they're not they're you know one of the most revolutionary bands but people will always cite public enemy as a a band who changed the face of protest music right absolutely none of those bands are adverse from using sloganeering to get their point across because the point is you want to get that point across to people that is the most important thing and it's getting that point across in as simple and as slight a way kick out the jams motherfucker yeah exactly yeah is not is not a, a you know it's not like oh what a wonderful you know like oh well, exactly. wouldn't Ced- cedric bixler write that like you yeah, know i fucking yeah, love that yeah. at the drive-in and i look at those and i try and unravel what those lyrics mean but mm. people go like i actually you know the mars vault or they write unbelievable lyrics yeah you don't know what they're about though i haven't got a fucking these, clue these what people about. need to know what these songs are about they need exactly. to know you're just average common or garden guitar music fan needs to know what these things are about and something like mc5 kick out the jams is a fucking call to arms white riot white riot i want a riot that is not a great lyric but it is a a lyric that needs to be said to hammer home the point of how joe strummer felt like i i I really think people are missing the point sniffing their own farts is what they're doing they're going oh that looks easy it's too easy the music i listen to has a deeper nuance well there and it's you're right there is nuance in that it's just presented to you so bluntly because it needs to go look the most important thing is this is what we think this is what we think there's no fucking you know there's no um you you can't misconstrue or feel the idols that can misrepresent themselves when they hammer those things home what they're talking about is done in a sort of satirical, sarcastic, OTT, straight down the line, monotone way. But it needs to be done that way, I think. With this style of music and with what they're trying to say in 2020, they're pretty much left with no choice if they want to hammer that home to as many people as possible. To be honest, not to get, you know, not to sound like big pretentious wanky Renfrey, which I always and often do at least once a week on this podcast. But yes, the people who they are talking to and the audience that they have, some some of those people, I'm sorry, but they do need it said to them that simply it and and there is a genius in that simplicity i said when i saw um idols at oxford um 
Oxford Academy, uh, I did make a comment about the crowd and how they like it. It's there was kind of like an oasis crowd type vibe mm. to, to certain sections of the audience. I saw you know a lot a lot of drunk pricks to be honest, being pretty cunty to like you know pretty shitty to a um, lot of mirror lot of mirrors in that venue were there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yes, that kind of thing, that whole kind of coked up lad thing. I did see a lot of it, and and what you know whilst i didn't really want to be in a room with those people at the same time i was like well thank fuck that these people are going to see idols because this is idols are a very rare the reason why idols are so important is they're a very rare example of a band who are actually preaching to the choir you know i love bands we're about to talk about svalbard who aren't aren't preaching to the choir yeah, we're we're about to yeah. talk about Svalbard and if you know, we talked about Ithaca in the past and there's there's loads of brilliant, brilliantly politically minded bands or people who are trying to affect change. And uh, this is not a criticism of those bands at all because because Svalbard <laughs> haven't been offered that um um uh platform. You know, it's it's not it's not something it's not something which you can just either choose to take or not, you know. So it isn't a criticism. But idols have been blessed with getting that platform and they're very they're using it in an enormously smart way by making their lyrics simple. And that's why I say there's genius in the simplicity. And it's very easy to be sneery and it's very easy to look down on them and it's very easy to go, well, they're not as um, profound as Maynard James Keenan for example mm-hmm. but in their own way they actually are um and i think that's just a fucking wonderful thing um in terms of the record itself i definitely agree with you that it is a little bit bludgeon bludgeon hammer 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 all the way through and as yeah. a result as a result of that i don't think it's quite as powerful as joy as an act of resistance for mm-hmm. example i agree I'm not sure if I even like it as much as brutalism, to be honest. And but actually, I do really like brutalism an awful lot. But as a polemic and a reflection of 2020, there are few records this year that can better it. I think there are a couple that like Run the Jewels is incredibly important record this year. I think mm-hmm. um, for that kind of thing. Um, oh God, there's definitely others. I just haven't can't think of them at the moment. But it's it's more direct than its predecessor. Yeah. And as a as a result of that, it loses some of the subtleties and nuances that made that album as good as it is. But then maybe the people idols are trying to get through to will only listen to this direct approach. And as as a result of that, because privately, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but privately you said to me you had a concern that um, people might drop idols after this record yeah i was about to get onto that actually okay yeah. oh well, well if you want to talk about well that. i i mean they're they're playing a, a sort of they are playing a smaller tour and i said to you like oh you know they might want to get used to that playing a smaller tour. and i don't think they give a fuck to be honest i mean i always i this to me when joy is an act of resistance hit th- this always felt to me like um this will have some serious backlash. And even Joys and Acts of Resistance very quickly had quite a serious backlash to it. I think the album is, like you say, it's it's not... A, I thought Joys and Acts of Resistance was a great album. I don't think this is a great album. I think this is a pretty good album. I think some things on it are are really good. I mean, you mentioned War, which I think is... I think Brilliant. it actually... I think it starts really well. War yeah. and Grounds are both great. Mr. Motivator, I spoke about when it was first released and I was like... Mm. 
you know, it's got that uh, in the context of the album surrounded by a lot of similar stuff. It actually loses a bit of something, Um, even though I think the chorus is catchy. I mean, musically, there's enough there's enough cool stuff musically um, going on uh, on the record that makes me think this is still a good album. There's stuff like Model Village, which is rubbish which is kind of basically about where i'm currently living so i did find it <laughs> quite funny but you know anxiety I don't, think, I don't think model village is rubbish do you, do you know what? i think it's quite bad yeah okay i don't yeah. I, I quite like model village i, I don't yeah. i don't it's not my favorite song on the record but i don't think but it's then it, there's stuff like like killing with kindness i think is great um yes. for example um but what yes, are you about to say just, about anxiety out of interest i like that as well i think i think anxiety I mean, there's. I fixed the numb, but the numb don't fix. Now I fixed, and I just feel sick, sick, sick. I feel kicks, but the kicks don't kick, so I act a prick. Um, yeah, cat, Matt, hat, but just actually brilliantly. There's there's actually quite a lot to that lyric if you yeah, actually again, bother to look into it properly. And that's again. I mean, the, the, that's again. I feel slightly rare of a um in, in, uh, instance where Joe is looking in the mirror rather than looking out across Definitely. society a little yes, bit yes, and yes. um and but that, also so that I, the the band cool. echo the band echo talbot sentiments on the last minute of that song they build up this really cacophonous noise and feverish tension that is genuinely anxiety inducing i mean i'm quite lucky i've, I've suffered from depression but i don't i don't have too many anxiety pangs and stuff but i have had them in the past and the last minute of that song is not a bad way to give you an empathetic you know through music way of what an anxiety attack might feel like i'm not i'm not trying to say that it's the same thing at all in any way shape or form but in terms of trying to express it in a musical way the last minute of that song does a pretty damn good job of it you know Mm. and it's stuff like that that i think people aren't just taking to account at all i think another song that you've not mentioned uh yeah, uh, which has uh, Johnny Beth, Johnny Beth, Jenny Beth on the um, as a guest vocal as well. She's one of the um, she's a French artist who's one of mm. the supports who's coming out with them. Um, you know, I think there's some brilliant, amazing um, lyrics on that about um, well, this is a sawn off for the cat callers. This is a pistol for the wolf whistle because your body is your body and it belongs to nobody but you. Um, it's just just absolutely brilliant. I, I mean, what I would say uh against the um will this be a drop for idols i don't think it'll be a drop for idols at all and actually whilst i do agree with you that i don't think it's as good a record as joy as the act of resistance i actually think it's exactly the record they needed to make i think they needed to make a direct statement after joy Mm. to be honest uh i think i think they might be incredibly perceptive um whilst they have done that mini they are doing a tiny tiny they have announced a tiny mini tour you know because they're fucking punks and they're still willing to do that stuff but they're doing the they're doing a 17 date uk and ireland tour uh next year uh three nights at the barrowland in glasgow three nights at vicar street in dublin three nights at victoria warehouse in manchester and four nights at brixton academy of those, massive, isn't it? of those four nights at the 5,000 Capacity Bricks Academy, three of them are sold out. The majority of that tour is sold out already, you know, before the album's even out. Um, and, you know, and I think it's also really encouraging that um, with those numbers, in theory, if you were tra- just transposing it, um, four nights at Brixton Academy is the equivalent of the O2 and, and, and change. 
they they could have i mean whether they if they'd announced the o2 whether people would have been like oh i don't want to see them in an arena or not or whatever and it might have put them off maybe but they could have easily done wembley arena and sold it out Oh, easily yeah and they've uh, chosen they're doing the Stuart lee thing of playing a smaller venue more times exactly and they've chosen to do the smaller venues and and work not twice as hard not three times as hard four times as hard and you know again like that should be applauded that should yeah. be applauded not it shouldn't be sneered at by people who have exactly the same fucking politics like if we can't even um get along with the people who have the same ideals and the same kind of thoughts and and broadly the same politics as one another then what fucking hope do we have and this is why i get really <laughs> impatient with the snidey kind of like mm. oh yeah well they are leftist but they're not they're doing it slightly wrong and it's like just fuck off can yeah, you not they, see that they, they are a force for good yeah that idea of like i want this to be Yes, what you're supposed to be standing for is sort of what I stand for, but it's not exactly the same as exactly. me as a singular individual stands for. Ergo, it is meaningless. I mean, yes. pretty fucking ridiculous, really. I think, uh, but I think is that just the internet? I'm not. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. I, I mean, is that just the internet though? I mean, I don't. I, I think don't it, know. I think it is, and but you know, lots of stuff happens on the internet these days. But it is annoying. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's stupid yeah. i mean in terms of just to kind of go back to my job i mean i think what might happen is people will that they they you know a lot of people who might be slightly from the more alternative scene i think they're the people that might go away at this point and they might be replaced by people who probably like idols as a oh i've got into punk mm-hmm. and oh i've got into and you know you mentioned the sort of the liam gallagher fan i'm not sure how long they will stick around for so it might be the end of this album cycle that they continue to do this but I don't know. I just, I don't feel like there's I have faith. a whole... Mm, I have faith, personally. Maybe. Sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm not sure if there's a whole lot of longevity to be had from this particular type of music, especially in the blunt, bludgeoning way that they do it. Um, I, would, I would like to be proved wrong. I'd certainly like the fourth record to be more diverse than this. Uh, uh, mm. Absolutely. And um, I, I, actually, I actually think, to be honest with you, I think the first two thirds of this record are fucking killer. Pretty much. I, I like actually yeah. properly brilliant. It, and it, it does become exhausting. It just becomes exhausting towards the end. Um, it because it's attack, attack, attack. There is the song that I mentioned before, which is the slow build song. A hymn is fucking yeah, fantastic. Good. Yeah, that is but really it, good. But it's track eleven of a twelve-track record, and by that point, by that point, even though the song is brilliant, if you're listening to it as an album, it feels a little bit too late too little too late um i think this album would have would have been absolutely phenomenal if they'd taken two songs off it mm. um if i mean taken... you're right danker ending the album after a hymn i'm just like you really don't need to end your album no. with that after you've ended after him which is which felt like a real obvious full stop to me i probably would have taken off rains and danker mm. And I think you would have had, and 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 I would have put a hymn probably in the middle of the record, and yeah. I think you would have had a a perfect record for the time. I th- I, I really do, if that yeah. had happened. And I think I think that you know, and that that's how important, in in my opinion, that's how important you know track um, uh, listing listing and and, and, and the order of tracks and yeah. all that kind of thing. I think that's how important it is, and I think that is the difference, but. Mm. I think there's enough on here to to go. This is enough. I I I 
I think I like this album more than you do, but I like it. I do really, really like it still. It's yeah. probably my least favourite um, Idols record, but I, but like I said before, I do think it's the album that they needed to make at this point in their career. I think it's all right. I think it's all right. It's not made me go, oh, fuck Idols, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's not... I mean, it, it does feel like a significant step down from Joys and Acts of Resistance, I think, personally. But that's not to say that it doesn't have a lot going for it. Yeah, you see, I think significant is way harsh, personally. But you're okay. not the only person who thinks that. And, mm. and, I, and I've heard lots of people say that. I, I have to... I have to admit, I mean, we got this record a bit later than a lot of other people. And um, so we heard quite a few people talk about it beforehand. And uh, I was hearing lots of discourse about it, you know, being a massive, massive disappointment. And when I first put it on, I have to be totally honest. I was like, I think this is fucking great. I have no idea what people are talking about. The more Mm. I listened to it, the more I was like, actually, it is a bit one dimensional and yada, yada, yada. But for me, uh, it's a step down from joy, but significant, not, not not for my money. But, yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. Ultra Mono by Idols is out now. We move on to um, yet another band who have quite a lot to say. Uh, what are you going to do when the grid goes down by Public Enemy? What are you going to do when the grid goes down? I shouldn't have done the f- that, should I? No. <laughs> the 15th studio album from the uh, outspoken hip-hop crossover originators. First album from Nothing Is Quick In A Desert from 2017. But much more intriguingly, it is their first album on Def Jam since 1994's Muse Sick and Our Message, um, oh, which is... Um, the, they, they did uh, the soundtrack for He Got Game in 1998. That was on Def Jam as well. If okay. You're, if you're being pedantic, as I Okay, like fair be. enough. Yeah, all right. No, that's, like fine. that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. But as a... Yeah, as a yeah, 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 public yeah. enemy, whatever. Um, this has got some pretty insane guests on it. Uh, George yeah. Clinton, Run DMC, Ad Rock and Mike D, Nas, Questlove, Ice-T amongst others um public enemy i think before we get talking about this i think it's important that we make (laughs) make it clear that this is how we feel um we were just talking about protest music and we were just talking about bands with something to say and the kind of bands that have inspired other bands into using their platform to speak out about something um you can go back to bob dylan and i mentioned the mc5 um you can go back to like we say the clash uh and you can go forward a little bit past public enemy to rage against the machine um and against me and what even no effects when they when they want to no effects and system of a down and bands like that public enemy are as crucial to that lineage of protest music and are as big a name Uh, as any band in the sort of history of music with a message i would say absolutely essential essential band Mm -hmm. rimfrey um yes i everyone knows or uh, people who've listened to the show uh regularly will know that i um know as much about hip-hop as you could put on the back of a postage stamp but even i like public enemy uh because i think chuck d's fucking great um uh and i actually have some <laughs> some knowledge of public enemy which is quite nice it's quite nice to come to a hip-hop record and go oh i do know vaguely what i'm talking about you have to hold my hand <laughs> a little bit with this one but not that much uh in comparison um and certainly i mean i've always been a massive advocate of chuck d and um and the way that he expresses stuff and the manner in which he expresses stuff um 
records like it takes a nation of millions to hold us back and fear of a black planet are vital vital albums in anybody's a record collection and um yes i'm very very keen on them indeed i have to say and i think you agree with this although do say if you uh uh disagree i was a little bit worried about listening mm -hmm. to public enemy in 2020 15 albums in i was a little bit like oh really oh, i'm not sure if i'm going to like that version <laughs> of public enemy yeah. um and i will say as well i um you might be surprised to hear that i did actually uh listen to nothing is quick in the desert the um the last record that they released okay because uh, i was sent it when i was at the independent and i was like oh i'll listen to that and i think i heard it once and didn't go back to it i don't recall disliking it but i don't recall anything about it whatsoever right. um the last public enemy record that i listened to and i enjoyed was how you sell soul to a soul as people who sold their soul. Right, okay. Uh, because it's got, what goes on? That amazing song on it. What's it okay. called? I can't remember what it is. Um, Mate, to be honest, Public Enemy are, I mean, for me, uh, you seem like you know more actual Public Enemy music than I do. Oh, wow. Because I've only, well, only really kind of gone to, to the fucking big ones I've in heard my four, time. I've heard first. four records. I've heard four records. So right, I've, fair enough. Maybe not um yeah, let me have a look well yeah yo bum i mean you know yeah probably i mean i i basically did stop with apocalypse 9 1 the enemy strikes back um oh, right. and so i've not you listened not, to you them you not heard um how you sell soul to a soul as people sold their soul no i haven't that's that's a pretty that's pretty is good it? yeah it's 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 got its moments which is a bit like eh, but it's yes yeah, it's, it's good Decent yeah i i mean you know i just i i don't know why that is but obviously Public Enemy, to me, always were a band who were kind of essential for that time. And so, yes, I agree with you. I was a little bit like, I don't feel like I should be expecting too much from mm, yes. Public Enemy was, yeah. in 2020. Probably because, you know, you look at you look at Flavor Flav um, mm. and you think you've gone mental over the years i will say i've never i've never i've never liked flavor flav it's always been like yeah chuck d and then ah oh, flavor flav doing this bit i've just forward this a little bit chuck d yeah. again yeah. yeah 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 um and chuck d also i mean the last thing we heard him on was prophets of rage, prophets of rage. where um you know it wasn't entirely his fault that Prophets of Rage was a disaster, but um, and it was a disaster. Well, well, it wasn't in terms of sales and in terms of like you know, I mean, they got big up the download bill and they uh, did Brixton Academy, didn't they? But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I doubt many people listen to that record and go. I doubt many people go back to that record. Yeah, yeah, and Chuck D did sound a little bit a little bit tired on that so i i yeah. was like i think the important thing about this is is this you know it's a new public enemy album on def jam with some incredible um you know some incredible artists behind it and also the idea that public enemy i'll tell you what's interesting about this right is that a few weeks ago um i watched for the first time in years i watched uh do the right thing which right. i'm assuming which i'm assuming you've seen yeah long time ago god we're right. probably talking 15 16 years ago but yes a long time the spike lee joint yes yeah. yes that's right and fight the power features throughout the film mm. throughout the entire film there's a public enemy poster on the wall radio rahim 
mentions public enemy in the film you know this is a for those of you who haven't seen it i mean i having watched it recently i think do i think every human being on the planet should be forced to watch do the right thing yeah. because it is uh, i mean i've always said like back to the future is my favorite film and then after that there's like oh what's my second or third i think do the right thing is would probably after watching it the other day i was like wow i always thought this was great it's probably now i think one of my one of the best films ever made i think it's absolutely incredible and it is such a powerful film making a powerful statement or a myriad of powerful statements mm. um from 1989 um about the nature of racism and the nature of you know different human beings into acting with each other and how these you know these things can escalate and by the end you go fucking hell so little has changed in society it's shocking to see how lit how so, so little has changed in our society in the way that people interact with each other in the way that people treat each other and yeah. public enemy and everything they stood for have you know they were an essential vital voice for trying to make that change and you know have continued to try and be this essential vital voice i'm get you know i'm guessing having read a lot of chuck d's without listening to a lot of their you know their their output of the last sort of 20 years or whatever i'm still aware of chuck d and what he says and when he speaks and you know i've seen a lot of interviews with him and every time he pops pops up on a podcast or on online doing an interview or in a feature or whatever you know that is their reason for being here yes. and it's incredible to me that public enemy are still still kind of having to talk about and sing about and create music referring to exactly the same thing as they were in 1989 today mm. it's mm. it's well, mad just to just to um pick up your point on the spike lee thing i mean um it, i don't think it approaches racism in the same way but um his film black Klansman, which came out a year ago two years ago uh yeah, years ago. It, it is probably the best spike lee film uh in a long long time i would say um uh and and yeah it's pr approaching it from a slightly different angle actually a bit more of a comical angle in a way it's actually quite funny that film even though it's mm -hmm. saying some very serious things but black Klansman um, was just an incredible story which is based on uh true events um mm. about um the kkk and uh, uh yeah a, well a black guy infiltrating the kkk basically it's 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 a mad story brilliantly told in that film mm. so i think for me public enemy just existing is still they're still relevant all, all they need to do is kind of exist yeah to stay relevant as as a, as a group um and that's why, you know, I thought it was really important that we, you know, we brought this in and went, you know, I'm a public enemy. They're still doing their thing. Um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of guests on this record. Um, as you mentioned, we were a bit worried about whether or not it was actually going to be good. And I have to say, early on, my fears that this was going to be, you know, not an essential public enemy release were... Um, were hitting me pretty hard i think this is not a great opening to the record let's I'm, be perfectly honest i'm glad to say uh yes it sounds like you're on the same page as me um i 
don't uh, 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 I don't know I, I don't mind grid the first song proper if we're gonna say say that um I think it's the George Clinton vibes from from Funkadelic yeah yeah um, yeah I, I, I think that's all right you get I think you get in, cool. yeah you got old um Cypress Hill boys turning up on that as well which is yeah I've never which liked is, Be Real but yeah yeah too well, nasally for me yeah, but but I have to say I think um he's he elevates the 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 rap slightly. Um mm-hmm. State of the Union again you get DJ Premier comes in on that and you get yeah. like a really awesome DJ Premier backbeat um and hook. For, I love for, I love the three note ascending hook on that song. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But but it's basically like Flavor Flav is rubbish. Yeah, and Chuck D sounds kind of embarrassed to be joining in with him as well. Um, yeah. I mean the hook, the, the kind of the chorus is "Stay at the Union, shut the, shut fuck, the fuck up, up. get away from me, shut the fuck Some, up." Yeah, shut something, the fuck up. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something mother, um, motherfucker. The chorus is rubbish. very, very basic, bitch. It's yeah. borderline Limp Bizkit. Uh, I would say it's borderline Lincoln Park, except Lincoln Park never swore uh, because. Um, 12 year olds might hear sells it. less records yeah it sells less records yeah <laughs> um and uh i mean that is the reason they didn't swear and um i would also oh it kind of it kind of reminds me of um what was the anti-visit middle fingers up if you don't give a fuck it's just oh yeah it's so it's so kind of like no mum, i won't tidy my bedroom and it, i think that's a shame coming from public enemy given it given is. given the context that we've just given them the important context shut the fuck up is such a just nothing of a song it's just rubbish yeah really shut. bad um public enemy number one w-o-n with the beastie boys again it's okay not a fan. and i think and I, I think it's more down to the kind of mixed master mic style intergalactic meets public enemy sound on it. I think that's all fine. Um, the mic D verses are pretty good. But again, at this point, at this point in the record, to me, Chuck D and Flavor Flav are fucking passengers on their own record. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's so that's so astute. I'm 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 not a massive fan of the callback culture. I know it's quite a thing in hip hop anyway, but there's a massive callback culture just generally. We've talked about it a little bit in films. Um the new Star Wars films for example, the first Star Wars film yeah. basically being a remake of the first one, you know. Um I'm always kind of like, well if we can't come up with any ideas that are 2020, if we're just trying to like repeat the past all the time, that's going to get very boring very quickly going to get it has got very boring very quickly and public enemy number one is basically just about the beginnings of death jam and stuff like that and i appreciate they're doing it because the you know it's cool that they're putting out on a record where they return to death jam but at the same time i just don't think it's a very good song um and it had the music behind it also has it sounds like a mechanical wasp is dying in my speaker i just i just don't know it's my prob- it might even be my least favorite song on the record and it's the longest it's five and a half minutes Don't yeah worry. i mean I, I i i like i mean anytime you hear mike d um i'm an ad rock i'm kind of happy with that although they do they're not they're, it's not the best and i thought it had a bit of hello nasty era beastie boys to it which i quite liked um toxic comes after that it's kind of a bit of a nothing song really there are sort okay. of signs signs that chuck d's kind of getting his shit together on that although i think it actually yes. it sounds really like there's a difference between sounding like classic hip hop and sounding dated. And I think that sounds dated personally. Okay. Um, uh, Yesterday, man, 
it has this kind of big discordant guitar part, which mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, this is kind of different and unusual. And then you get that Kanye, Mary and Kim. What happened? Mm-hmm. Something, something, something else happened. What happened? And I was like, this is not very good. And then Flavor Flav. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yesterday, man. It's just so fucking lazy. And I was I was very happy to hear a guitar come in at this point. I was like, "Ooh, a guitar and it's distorted." Um but then that happiness, that initial joy just kind of faded um ab- upon hearing just how fucking repetitive the song is. And we do have to mention the auto-tune in the chorus as well, which is clearly yeah. a choice, but it is not a good choice. It sounds fucking Not a good shit. choice. And at yeah. this point, I was like, "Oh, dearie me. This mm. is quite bad." And yeah. then along comes fight the power 2020 remix mm. and i know you went oh god there's a fucking fight the power. and i did and having listened to this album i was like i'm not looking forward to that coming up no no i i really was not looking forward. bands revisiting their their most famous songs or certainly one of their most fight the power's the most famous song I yeah, yeah, yeah you know hardly ever a good move like um uh, uh body count did it didn't they um on the last record fucking hell did ice tea colors Oh, yeah. Well, there you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So you... I'd f- completely forgotten he'd even put that on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, you're right. So Fucking Body Count hell. did it. So we reviewed this record in March. Which does, to be to give you some credit, it does feel like a fucking long time ago now, March, yeah. doesn't it? Fucking hell, that was pre-lockdown. But um, yeah, we we reviewed that and um, uh, Body Count redid colours on there and, you know, it wasn't very good. And I was kind of expecting the same thing for um, mm. this as well. And yeah, it, 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 uh, well... You, well, you it should be rubbish by rights, but I actually yeah. think it's wicked. Now, you've got on that... On 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 that song, you've got Nas, Rhapsody, Black Thought, Yahi, YG, and Questlove. So you've got, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that like I know all those people, but I mean, Questlove, obviously, from the roots. Nas is Nas. Uh, and, and, I mean, he's brilliant on that. Like, Nas elevates this amazingly. Mm. And what it's basically saying is, it is like, it was 1989. And it, that entire thing of what we were saying before. Yeah, nothing's changed. From but... there to here and nothing's changed. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's, you know, Questlove name checking Radio Raheem and Breonna Taylor. Mm. It's like Radio, so Radio Raheem's the dude in Do the Right Thing who gets killed by the police, which kind of sparks everything off. Mm. Obviously, Breonna Taylor was, well, I'm sure you know who Breonna Taylor is. Mm. And it just really hits home how little things have changed. But I think actually Rhapsody, who was, it was a, an artist who I, I was not aware of her work, but it's probably the most impressive performance on the entire record with her verse, with her verse, which sounds genuinely angry, spat out, essential, furious, livid, and upset. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's it's the one time where you go fucking hell, like mm. that's that's what this shit should sound like. That's mm. what this kind of protest music should really sound like like you can you can feel her seething rage throughout that verse and it's just it's brilliant and then when chuck d comes in at the end and it kind of they kind of bring chuck d up to their level because and when he does the like elvis and appear in no stamp like that iconic line um sorry elvis is a hero to most people mean shit to me and you know like none of my most of my heroes don't appear on no stamp those lines those really really famous iconic lines elvis don't appear on no stamp i've just (laughs) amalgamed them to the two of them together um but 
hearing that again today and you're like, yeah, fucking hell, that's why this band are great. And I think with that elevation of the record, the second half of the record is is much better, I think. Yes, um, I, I do agree. I, I don't think I liked Fight the Power 2020 as much as you, but I was certainly very pleasantly surprised by it. I definitely agree that Nas really is fantastic. Um, who is the uh performer sorry rhapsody rhapsody i think yeah again absolutely brilliant um yeah uh, now that you say it maybe it is the highlight of the record um her verse um and i quite like the flamenco guitar stuff uh two-thirds in yeah well. it's very very brief yeah. but it's very cool um yeah. yes uh, it, uh, i i i suspected this would be an embarrassment this particular song and it wasn't so i was just pleased mm. that it wasn't that yeah it's good and then I think Beat Them All is a bit better than anything that's come after it as well. Like Beat kind Awards. of that come before. Beat really Awards good. It's a got bet, a better version of Yesterday, man. Yeah. And, just just because um, it has that heavy rock edge. Um, but it's yeah. just better. It's leaner. It's tighter. It's just, it's just better. And it, it sits in a sort of mid, the beat sort of sits in a mid pace mm. where, that Chuck can live in. I, mm. I feel like, I mean... I, and it's got some kind of cool old school samples in it as well. But I, I think the, the problem is, is I listen to Chuck D now and he sounds like, he's like an old, like, ugh, this sounds horrible saying this about Chuck D, but he's like, he's like an old reliable car that you need, a, that needs to take a few like, gin, 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 to get going. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I think he's, he's lost, he's lost a bit of pace. Um, he's lost a bit of that power. He can still run. You can still get some mileage out of chuck mm -hmm. d mm -hmm. but you can't but he needs a bit of you know he needs warming up he needs a little bit of you know you couldn't chuck d's not a drag racer anymore do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like you couldn't put in next to fucking ocean wisdom or something and expect mm -hmm. him to be able to hold yeah, his own yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he can't really do that thing anymore um he's from a completely different school of rappers to the sort of artists that we would talk about now who are yeah. kind of young and uh, and forward thinking and far more expressive and you know like hip-hop moves on so quickly and you're talking about one of the absolute the iconic originators of a particular part of that genre yeah but unfortunately you know chuck kind of sounds his age a little bit on a lot of this and mm. i think when when he sounds better is a when they put people alongside him who can do the things that he can't do mm -hmm. but also when they don't make it too complicated for him to to have to you know try and like when you've got some big i mean like you said yesterday man with this big like wah, wah, guitar over the top that's not doing chuck d in 2020 any favors, any favors i agree whatsoever yeah. um and i again like it's a kind of half paced thing on smash the crowd and again chuck can kind of sit there and it feels like it's a simple but fairly enjoyable listen. And it I kind like of... the crowd. Yeah, and Ice-T comes in and it yeah. changes. It kind of acknowledges how Ice-T is able to... Like the music behind it, like kind of the beat sort of skips and, and builds up and, and you get Ice-T. He smashes it even with, with that kind That's of... Great. Even kind of acknowledge acknowledges his age with that get off my get off my lawn yeah, line yeah, yeah, as well yeah, which yeah. is really good there's more funkadelic vibes than smash the crowd as well i think george clinton isn't mm. on this this song but i think there's a that funky beat kind of thing which i yeah i really yeah get. i think you well, you said it about a different song 
uh, you said how toxic um, you think some songs sound uh, dated and some songs sound retro or some, you know, I think this one sounds retro rather than dated. Smash the crowd. Yes. I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get and you get, you know, PMD comes in, you get a kind of jazz rhythm with him and he's able yeah. to sort of work around that a little bit better. And it, I, I think like for Chuck D, sort of simplicity is the key. Um and you got a cool kind of outro transition. I know you don't like the the skits so much, but the sort of outros and the transitions and the the little like uh, interlude parts. There's a really cool one with um. It's like 50 seconds called "If you can't beat them, join them." And I that's a really mind, cool little I transition. Don't mind, don't mind the skits on this record at all. Don't mind the skits on this record yeah. at all because because um it doesn't feel like none of them take away from anything. None of them are trying to make stupid, lame jokes, which are fucking awfully misogynistic. I wouldn't expect Public Enemy to do that anyway. But a lot of hip-hop stuff does. Um, or a lot that I've heard, anyway. Um, and, um, yes, I, I don't have any issues with the skits on this record at all. I think they are... And actually, some of them are brilliant. I mean, the way that it ends is... It ends with the skit, and it's fun, fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know... Um, guy i think it's decent as well but then i, I mean like i have it. to say like you, you know like the the, the last two you got rest in beats mm. and r.i.p black cat mm. and i think both of them come from a really good place and they've got yep. a really good heart and you know like rest in beats kind of name checks every single rapper or hip-hop person who has passed away you the know sentiment all the kind is of lovely. producers and yeah. djs yeah. and rappers and it's a nice sentiment but and R.I.P. Black Cat is that, but about one dude, and probably even worse with Flavor Flav in the main vocal. I do think it's a little bit of a dirge to be closing the record I, on, personally. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of put, whilst the sentiment is is very sweet, um, and I can get behind the sentiment, the song's, I don't know, it's just not, yeah, yeah, a dirge is a pretty good way to put it. Um, the, the, the hook, um, on rest and beats is a riff on a very ha- famous hip-hop hook as well isn't it or have i just imagined that um i do you know what as we sit here now i can't remember what it actually sounds like okay that's fine which i think um, says quite a lot about how good it is to yeah, be perfectly yeah, honest. There go. the sentiment is lovely but it, yeah it was a it's uh yes it is a bit of a downer to end the record on um mm. it's a bit of a weird one to end the record on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so in closing public enemy are great um but this is not a great record half of it's very good though half of it half of it's half of it is is like when it's good and i think when they just sort of i think when they accept their limitations and when they use the guests to the the full extent of their ability i mean you know i i i like public enemy number one probably more than you because i don't think it's the worst song on the record and I am always happy to hear Mike D and Ad Rock um, on anything. It's just good to like to hear their voices for the first time in ages. I was like, oh man, wicked. But I don't, I do agree with you. I don't think they're used to their full capacity. Whereas you get someone like Rhapsody who is used to, well, I'm imagining it's her full capacity. If she's better than that, then, you know, like anyway, but or, or Questlove, for example, where you go like, yeah, that's what that dude is capable of. And he brings so much to the song. And, you know, th- but there are just so many times where even when the guest is doing something good, like I think DJ Premier on, on Shut the Fuck Up, his, it, it's not his fault that the song's rubbish. It's no, fucking no, Flavor no. Flav's fault. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and I think when, when the members of Public Enemy kind of accept their limitations a little bit, and utilize the guests 
to the best of their ability this album is quite good when they uh when they don't it's pretty bad yeah yeah i think i'd probably agree with that assessment it's interesting that we yeah. we more or less thought exactly the same thing of each song individually um I think that's an interesting indication, especially considering that I come from a place of complete um, naivety with this sort of thing, and you come from a place of n- knowing more th- more than I do, <laughs> certainly. But yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, half of it I thought was great. I will I go back to this record? I don't know. Probably not. No, I think you know it doesn't really bring enough. Um, I, I, the problem is as well is that those old public enemy albums like like you say when you get fear of black planet or it takes the nation of millions like yeah they're just so powerful man Mm, mm. they're just so i mean for me particularly it takes the nation of millions is just like it's it's basically perfect Mm. it's basically like for what it is it is the perfect distillation of that entire aesthetic and because like I said at the start, because the world hasn't really changed that much. Uh, although musically it does sound different and retro, and I'm not going to say dated because I still think it sounds fucking powerful, that record. Because the world has not really changed, you don't really need this album when you can go back to that one, I think. When this album is so ho-hum and when there are so, there's so much wrong with this record like well, to be perfectly honest i wouldn't even to be honest with you i mean these days considering what's happening these days i wouldn't even go back to it takes a nation i'd, I'd listen to ronda jules four <laughs> i mean yeah you know yeah yeah but i still think it takes a nations of millions would be a powerful relevant listen definitely today definitely i'm I, i'm not i'm not arguing that in, in the slightest i'm 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 just saying if if you want yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. If you're going to listen to public, my, I mean, my point is, if you're going to listen to Public Enemy, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to listen to Public yeah, Enemy, yeah, yeah. then you you will get the same insight because so little has changed from a nation. Uh, it takes a nation of millions. You will get that, and it will be completely relevant to what is going on now, and it will be far more powerful and far more cutting and far more, I would say probably more insightful as well because shit like, you know, a run DMC still friends. What happened is not really <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. doing anyone any favors. Um, when this is good, it's, it's good. You know, when mm. this is good, it's pretty good when it's bad. It is a real, real waste of your time, unfortunately. And, you know, you know, I think actually it says so much about how far, hip hop has moved on because you get a thrash back. You, you listen to, you know, 1988, you get and justice for all and you put it next to like whatever thrash band came out this year. Well, that still sounds fucking better than, you know, what, what they're bringing out. Whereas the new public enemy, uh, can't live with like the new school of, you know, rap music, mm. the new yeah. school of rap music <laughs> says the whitest sounding man in the world but you know what i mean with like where where hip-hop has evolved to at this point yes it, it just you know like this this can't really live with that i don't think yeah. yeah but still public enemy are an essential band for you to listen to i would say absolutely so do that just maybe not this one um anyway there you go that is public enemy as i said the album is called what you gonna do when the beat the grid goes down <laughs> 
What do they call it? The beat goes down. When the grid goes down, yeah. What are you going to do when the grid goes down? Yeah, that's fine. goes down. It's brilliant. All right, cool. Um, let's move on. Um, our next release comes from Svalbard, uh, a kind of trilogy of um, socially conscious and uh, politically aware bands from Idols via Public Enemy to Svalbard. The third album from the Bristolian blackened hardcore crew. You did a sigh then, as if to say that that's uh, not. I didn't really do. Fair I didn't do a sigh. It was a. It was a funny um, laugh thing. It's just. Just I thought musically they're all so far apart from each other. But you're not. You're not yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just musically yeah, yeah. they're completely different from one another. But yes, I suppose that's true. I don't hmm. think that's uh, this incorrect. Is the, no, this is the follow up to 2018's much lauded "It's Hard to Have Hope" album, which was very good indeed. So this album um, uh, is being released on Church Road Recordings, which is the label set up by Sammy and Justin from Employed to Serve. That happened kind of late in the day. Um, you all know why. Uh, know so why. well done. Oh, well done, everyone, for getting that um, that all sorted out. So actually, genuinely well done because the when all that happened, it was very, very, very close to this album coming out, and the fact that they've done it without it being uh put back is pretty extraordinary so yes well done indeed quite genuinely well done it's very very impressive yeah well done everyone um Renfrey, Hello. uh where do we start where do we start with svalbard this album exactly on this particular <laughs> record yes oh on this particular <laughs> record let's do a little bit of um background and stuff um so there's been a lot of talk about the themes of this record. There's been a lot of talk about how it's been about um, uh, abuse that uh, the front woman Serena has been through. That's partly what the record's about. But I think a lot of what I think there are many, many, many things that this album is about. Um, it's about sort of female representation in the media it's about sort of rape culture and things like that. There's a song, The Currency of Beauty, uh, which is about the objectification of women. And uh, there's lots and lots of different themes. There's a song, Clickbait, uh, which is related to us in some sense, in a strange way, related to you more. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much you want to talk about that. Um, uh, yeah, well, okay. Let's. Uh, since we're here, um, I guess we should probably talk about that because um, the song, Clickbait... Uh, mugging me off really isn't it i mean it's um <laughs> it is in response to that article i wrote about how much i uh, enjoyed hearing a plethora of female perspectives which i felt was the first time that that was happening in metal um uh, a year or so ago a year and a bit ago um An article last, early last year an article which i'm gonna back you up on this undoubtedly came from a very good place i think Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, as I've said a fair few times on this podcast, it was not meant to be some sort of rallying call to, you know, to, for, for feminism or anything. It was literally just like, you know what? I don't really think that you hear um, an actual female perspective in metal, even from like a sort of feminine perspective i didn't really feel like that was something i had heard that much in really really heavy music ever i think even if you take someone like angela gossow from arch enemy for example who i have absolutely no beef with at all i quite like some arch enemy albums i don't think that really said i mean obviously she was a woman so it did say something about her but in terms of uh it being her being particularly sort of 
um, not even stereotypically feminine, but what people think about when they think about someone's femininity. I don't think Angela Gossow, for example, uh, was somebody who really leaned in too hard on that side of her personality. Well, I think, I mean, we've talked about this on the show quite a lot. And I do think that there has been a bit of a switch and a bit of a move towards giving female representation in metal, which is a bit more real. I suppose is what I would say. There was a trend of bands who were fronted by women who um, who would have these these kind of it would be you know they'd be in corsets and stuff and they'd be singing a, like in an operatic manner uh, and mm. it, it would be or about or the sort of I'm sexy I'm a stripper like that kind of thing happened there, a lot as well. There wasn't was, it? was sort of in this moment of the world and all those kind there of was things. yeah there was a lot of that and like um, sort of. Uh, you know part of there was certainly a very cynical part of it which felt like i feel you know there's a woman in the band fronting this to sell it to men to hairy oiky men like me um Mm. and which it didn't work because i saw right through it um and i think what we have championed on this show and what you were trying to champion through that article was um the the fact that there certainly certainly in the last five years or so not to say that there has never been this female representation in metal but there seems to be so much more of it um where Mm. where you know women are getting to and it's also different as well yes yes it felt like a kind of a collective perspective told from so many different in so many different ways from so many different genres that you know, I never want it to be like, oh, they're all saying this and that's a good thing to say. Even if I was being like, oh, they're all saying this and that's a good thing to say and they're all saying it in the same way. Even that I think would be shit. I think the point was I was going is that so much of it all sounds so different and it's so yes. unique to each individual person that that's what's kind of awesome about it. Like that's yeah. what's before it was just like, oh, it's a girl in a band and she says this, this is the type of thing, what they say. Whereas that, that's that's gone now that's yes. kind of there are so many different perspectives but you know i can't tell the difference between those three nightwish singers but i can tell the difference between serena and larissa you know from um Svalbard <laughs> yeah. and, and, and venom prison you know for example mm. and and a, a lot of the things that serena and, and larissa are saying um many things which are are similar but they are saying them in quite distinctive unique voices and unique ways and i suppose that's mm. what we're sort of trying to celebrate certainly on this show um we're trying to do it in a manner which isn't tokenistic in any way shape or form or anything like that but certainly there's been a bit of a uh i don't know if it's even i don't know if it's even been a furore because I, I have to admit sometimes when we're talking about this i don't know if it's a furore that's just been behind the scenes with this or whether it's actually been out there on the internet that people know that what this song is actually about but I will. Um, I do feel that we should give um, Serena a, a, a voice on this, like her explanation of the song as well. And I got this from, oh, damn, I can't remember what website it is now. I should have absolutely put that in. Talking about the song clickbait, Serena said, if you visit the social media of certain music publications, uh-uh, uh, you will notice something. <laughs> you will notice something. The way women in bands are written about is completely different. The language is provocative. The pull quote is always about gender and removed from context to sound as inflammatory as possible. These pieces are designed to be divisive. They make a band's gender the talking point rather than their music. It's starting to feel like it's not fair representation anymore. Certain platforms don't feature women to promote their music, but to, ge- 
but to generate a gender politics debate in the comments section, maximising views, website hits and ad revenue for their site. They know we are a hot topic. They know it will create arguments. Women are merely the fodder for a publication's profit. It's all very cynical and this song is me telling the pub publications who post these shitty online articles to fuck off. Quite literally, actually. It was incredibly exhilarating to record this song and it's one of my favourites on the record. I can understand... I can understand why that would be Serena's experience because Serena and um, Jamila came on this show to talk about that. And mm -hmm. the... Um, the vitriol poured onto them as a result of your article, which of course was not the intention of your article at all, but the vitriol that was poured onto them was just diabolical and unbelievable and stuff that yeah, we, 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 we get shit on Twitter from time to time, but we never get shit in the, or on social media or whatever. We never get shit in the way that women get shit we do not well that's get, it i i got do a not little get, tiny glimpse of in, of into yeah. the like what that must be like on, yeah. for, just for writing that i got a little tiny glimpse into yeah. what it must be like and you know obviously <laughs> i was like fucking hell this is we, a bit much and we get we get people telling us we're stupid we get people telling us that we have that our opinions are wrong and yada 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 and and sometimes it's quite hurtful we don't get people saying that they're going to find us and rape us we don't get people sending us death threats have you ever had a death threat don't think so so um mm. certainly there is a there is a part of this where it's like we can't really talk from that perspective to a degree and we can only sympathize um in that sense um but yeah i mean certainly i mean i don't know i suppose this is an interesting point to talk about just because we are talking to the author of that article in a way i'd like to stress as well, well. it's very meta isn't it it's very meta this. <laughs> it's very meta it's very very meta this is it's very meta. I, I feel a bit like mick mick wall talking about getting the ring <laughs> by guns and roses <laughs> Uh, fuck you suck my fucking dick oh serena can't say that anyway um so um but that's what axel rose said by the way just in case anyone's wondering why i asked this uh anyway um uh so i i actually had a, a, a private conversation with serena to ask about this and like you know i was like is everything okay have we fucked you off and to be clear she said it, it oh god i hope this is okay thing to say she said that it wasn't us um, it was more the way that the uh, the headline was presented and the pull quote and so on and so forth. And I think she does explain it in that manner uh, there. And we should also point out that, you know, you you write the article, but you're not like writing the headline or the pull quote or anything like that. No, I mean, that's fine. I think that you are allowed to write a song expressing yourself however you choose. I've always, always, always steadfastly said this is that, you know, uh, you know, when I heard that that was what it was about, I mean, I actually heard from the guys at Hammer going, oh, did you know that that song was about the article you wrote? And it's called Clickbait. And just having that information, I was like, oh, okay. And at first I was like, oh my God, that's like, it's bad enough getting people telling me that I'm, you know, on that, that time it was like, you fucking, you fucking woke prick, you fucking white knight, you fucking simp. You fucking, you know, do you know what I mean? All the, all this shit. And then, you know, I say something else like, I quite like behemoth music. You fucking racist. You fucking fascist. You fucking, do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, okay, well then I'll guess I'll just be, you can just, you can just think that. So um, I'm actually all right with 
people thinking like whatever it is that they feel like they need to think. And I would never go like, you shouldn't have written that and you didn't get it. And because you're allowed to feel however you wish to feel about that article. I do like, it's got to the point now where I'm like, fucking hell, man. I, I remember getting the idea. I remember getting the idea and being like, like I had a day and just randomly like listening to me. I think I've said it before, randomly listening to music. And I was like, fucking hell, every band I've listened to, I've just listened to heavy music all day. And every band I've listened to, every artist I've listened to has been, has had some, has had, has had a woman in it, hmm. in, in either writing it or performing it or singing it. And isn't, I was like, isn't that good? And I was isn't, like, that's yeah. mental. I don't, and, and yeah. not even like in that good at first. It was just like, that's, that's, I'm not, I can't remember if I've ever done that before mm. and mm. was totally like, wow, the shit's really feels like that's quite, and that's what I brought to the, to the, the hammer office i was like yeah, it's fucking weird that was not even, not i mean not weird as in like it's so weird but like i was like it's unusual to kind of go i listened to loads of different types of music and all of it was sort of heavy but it all felt really different and then i realized that you know because normally there'd be loads of men in there and stuff but i didn't and i just felt like isn't that really interesting that mm. that seems like it's fucking finally happened mm. um because mm. i don't know that i could have done that in mm. 2003 and or, or whatever nice no, so yeah. but 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 it's made me go man i wish i'd never written that fucking thing <laughs> do you know what i mean i wish i'd never fucking opened my mouth and you know again uh like less so with with um the, the this this song and certainly more so with the people giving me shit online about it who are just like why do you hate men why do you hate men why do you hate yourself and it's like i don't hate myself because i like oathbreaker i hate myself and uh, um, um and you know and i sort of i did listen to this and i thought you know i was like i don't really know if the lyrics on it um are that positive to you know what what i wrote or whatever but that's not up to me to say whether or not i think that's right or wrong everybody's entitled to think what they think about the thing the private conversation that i had with serena she made it very very clear that she did not have an issue with the rec with the um article at all and i think that's the thing that i should make clear it was the uh it was the manner in which it was presented and um the headline uh and the manner in which it was kind of put on social media um in a way to way to provoke a reaction i think is very very you know it's that's that's what that's what she told me um which... yeah i mean i can see that you sent me headline constructed to be as as divisive as fucking possible and completely detached so far it's fine from the rest of the desperate clickbait article mm. so that would suggest to me that my article was a, a desperate clickbait article and again if somebody thinks that then that's what they think mm. Mm. that's fine i'm not like going whoa god <laughs> like i've had plenty of plenty of people tell me my reviews are wrong i mean all the mushroom head shit after that yeah <laughs> I can't I can't get too upset but um yeah uh, I mean if you if you poke your head above the parapet as a sort and put an opinion piece out there then you know you are opening yourself up for criticism or mm. you know people mm. not liking it and and that's just I guess what's happened here 
but I've never known it happen. I mean, obviously this has never happened to mm, me before mm. in, in this instance, I've had people online go, I read that thing and you're talking shit or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's an actual song. So, I mean, whatever the reasons for it, um, and I'm sure you're right in what you say. Um, it's interesting. And again, like, you know, it's absolutely fine. It's not going to change my opinion of the record at all. No, because no, I think no. people, I think people should be allowed to say what they, whatever they think and whatever they really mm -hmm. think. And if like, I've, you know, I would be a massive hypocrite to sit here and go, well, you shouldn't have said that about me. Or you shouldn't have said this thing about the thing that I did. And then say, it's also all right for people to write songs going, Donald Trump's brilliant. As a music reviewer, if you can't go in with um, a blank canvas of a mind and a totally neutral opinion to start mm. with, mm. Mm. then you're not a very good music journalist. Well, absolutely. And um, yeah, you ha you have to... Um, it, <laughs> we spend our lives criticising other people. So if we can't like critique, if we can't take a bit of criticism ourselves um then then there's an issue there i i don't yeah. I, you know i do genuinely believe serena when she says she's not um criticizing the article itself it's the way that it was presented uh looking at the lyrics th themselves i think that is really clear in all of the lyrics apart from that last line of the repeated bit from the rest of the desperate clickbait article i think that's unfortunately worded i have to i have to admit because it's like okay well now that sort of suggests that you think the article is clickbait um but you know hey i already feel like we spent fucking loads of time on this one song i know too not, long not, not even it. not <laughs> it's not even the best song on the record as much as serena likes it uh it is a good song though um and i think um but i do think there are better songs on the record open wound for example yeah me too the well manner. open wound is the opener yeah big melodious oh. opener which i didn't really expect and you know that's quite a nice surprise before it does go into this really amazingly full-blown driven reverby uh hardcore thing and uh, shimmering when it goes into that yeah and then it goes into that two-step double kick time bit before that kind of massive melodic reverby volley at the end and it's like wow that is a hell of a way to start a record it's, it's fucking really fucking good amazing there's this really hard, i mean i'm gonna say shimmering a lot in this review so just warning um but you can really hear that shimmering uh shelter mm. era alcest all over the song i think uh serena's voice sounds beautifully ethereal um uh on on that opening bit before it absolutely all kicks off but then music musically it sounds incredibly triumphant as well. And I think that's something that I wasn't really mm. expecting with this record, um, considering the themes that it covers. It's actually a very, very musically triumphant record indeed. It's like black metal infiltrated with the hyperactive spirit of manga. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's, Al it's Alcest meets and so I watch you from afar. You know, the ultimate party mm. band, as we've discussed before. <laughs> um, you sure. know, there's a, <laughs> there's a manic energy to a lot of these songs, despite their very dour lyrics and depre and depressing lyrics literally you know i mean a lot of this record was written when serena was in a, in, in a very very depressed spell um i don't know if that's the best way to put it but you know what i mean they've discovered a real sense of shimmering beauty on this on this record moments where svalbard put the brakes on and utilize serena's clean singing more and the clean guitar tones that liam and serena bring to it as well are a bit more prevalent on this album um and it makes it a bit more dynamic and i think it's all the better for it but then when it does kick like 
not only does it kick with a heaviness, but it also kicks with a weird kind of musical joy, which is, you know, at at odds with the uh, lyrics that are being sung. But I think it works really well. I think it's fantastic. Mm. You know, it's um, it's a fucking glorious record, really, in that sense. It's a it's a it's a mud drenched diamond of a record. I think this is. Ooh, it's like nice. a kind of pearl covered in like the like that you'd find in on the beach like in the sort of mur- murkier waters of the beach it's like a sort of broken chipped pearl it's got this really beautiful like b- brightness to it but it's also when they're heavy and they're dirty and they riff it's it's savage and it's really uncompromisingly nasty and savage i think they do flip between those two things a lot um the songwriting on it is is really good i think listen to someone which is another one that they released i think uh is is great as well um um but then you get the sort of the just absolutely. I mean, again, I said it about Rhapsody and the then her delivery on the Public Enemy album. The delivery on a song like "What Was She Wearing," mm-hmm. which is just, I I think you'd struggle to find an angrier sounding vocal on the angry parts uh, of that song, and and it's real anger. I mean, I was chatting to again. We were chatting about me and my mate were chatting the other day about like screamed vocals and screaming and how that had become a kind of fairly formulaic vocal style at this point. I say fairly formulaic, very formulaic when you have specific noises for specific techniques of screaming, um, you know, the punk, the hardcore bands or the like Tom G warrior didn't go, Oh, this is a particular vocal style that I wish to, you know, (laughs) inflect. Like the reason why the sort of people i love so many of those early death metal bands is that, you know, Donald Tardy from Obituary does not sound like Chuck Schulner from mm. from Death, mm. but they're both kind of doing a dirty. They just they felt that they needed to articulate themselves in a very specific way, and that way was some sort of frustration or anger or you know evilness that they wanted to portray in their music, and then nobody really knew how you were meant to do that. That was just how you kind of how those people sounded. Mm. Whereas now screaming in music shouting in music the dirty vocal style is something that you can be taught you can go to a vocal training person who will teach you how to do pig squills and you know or you mustn't inhale and you can do the high like do you know what i mean there's all different techniques and there's different noise certain noises have certain parts and you can't be taught how to do this though can you you can't but but that's what i was going to say what what i what i like about this record is there are points where i go i don't this doesn't even feel like this is like a return to that vocal style feeling like a natural way of of articulating your own personal rage like lingui 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 had it on that like you you listen Mm. that and you go i mean you are just screaming Mm. Mm. like you are just fucking die like you know in in agony yeah and that's that's what you know that vocal style was always meant to to be and i think it's got to the point now where you know, you've got like the architects bleh or whatever and it's like oh right you're doing the thing and yeah. this album it doesn't like the the vocals on it they're not i think what i like about it, what i'm taking a really long time to get around to saying is they're not just <laughs> doing the thing they're not just doing the thing 
you mentioned um uh oh no sorry i was going to go on to the currency of beauty i mean i i think i think it's absolutely prevalent in what what was she wearing as well um lyrics like uh, is this too much is this not enough if i don't cover up does that make it my fault uh you have painted me so the clothes i am wearing speak louder than the things i am saying absolutely um the currency of beauty uh when serena screams we do not want to be objectified stop fucking rating us stop fucking hating us this isn't a pageant and it isn't a compliment to receive such shallow judgment i mean that's that gives my hairs stand on on end every single time i hear that because because it is sheer fucking rage yeah. And and it and it's so genuine. And yeah, like you said, when you're taught that stuff, I mean, I don't know, it's a difficult one because I don't expect people to kind of like blow out their voices and things like that in order to um uh to 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 to, to I don't expect people to damage their vocal cords or anything like that in order to to put their art across, but there there is a big difference between, you know, Serena screaming that lyric in this way and I don't know, Corey screaming taylor screaming yeah thy art is murder or Corey taylor screaming anything on the new slipknot record you know not to say that Corey taylor or the new Corey taylor album (laughs) (laughs) or maybe maybe if we could be asked um you know not not you know that's nothing specifically against Corey taylor it's just this feels 10 times more vital than that Mm. stuff i I think you can you you know this there are a bunch of acts now and i think when you use like particularly like it just you're sorting the wheat from the chaff now that this style has become you know i mean who would ever thought like bands with screaming would get on the radio something like bring me the horizon whoever would have thought like bands with actual shouting would get on the radio on radio one during the day or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think you can tell the difference between somebody who is doing that because oh you can get on the radio and do that now and someone like uh serena on this record who is just has channeled has articulated and channeled the you know the deepest recesses of their psyche to to purge themselves of that and i think that's it's really fucking brave and i think the music that goes alongside it is um is like i said this incredible amalgam of you know real savagery but also a kind of elating beauty and mm-hmm. I, I've and like kind of marrying those two things, like we said with Deftones, the dynamics and the depth and the the wealth, the breadth of stuff that you know that you can bring to that. If if I was to have a slight um, criticism of it, mm-hmm. is I think they lean slightly too heavily on those two extremes, um, and that pace doesn't change that much throughout the record. Yeah, but apart I, from that, mm-hmm. but apart from that, I mean, that's a kind of it's not a massive to say there's not a lot of variety between those two things. Those are two there. There's a lot that could happen in the middle of those two things that I don't think they really touch on. Y- yes, that, I, but I, that I is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, this record's 38 minutes and 47 seconds. It doesn't get boring. I, th- I think it's a, br- a great length, actually, this mm-hmm. record. But yeah, I, do yeah, under- I do understand what you're saying. It's it, with this record. It's either one extreme or the other there are some really mm-hmm. beautiful quiet moments on it pearlescent is a really beautiful song and a really lovely coda to the yeah. record because it's like the one happy song on the record um uh but uh, yes i do understand it's it's either full throttle 
bang, 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 bang. Or, or it's just like really, really chilled and serene. And that makes it a dynamic record. You're not saying that it's not a dynamic record. No, no, no. But it, no. But it is saying... either one or the other. It's a seesaw. Yeah. I, it's a seesaw. Yeah. I'm just saying that um, I, I hope on the next, you know, if we get another Svalbard album in a couple of years, I hope mm. that they keep those two, th that seesaw. But I would like to see some balance within the middle of it. I think then you would have something that would be proper proper world class this is a really really good record like don't get me wrong it's really it's good and it's incredibly great. it's incredibly powerful and incredibly affecting and incredibly effective and they are a great band they are yeah. a great band mm -hmm. but i think they can be a better band than this i genuinely think they've got a better album in them than this uh yes potentially um i certainly think it's the i think it's the best record that svalbard have done personally mm -hmm. um i do i do think that they've improved upon every album um but certainly yeah i think that is an astute and and fair enough thing to say that there there could be some stuff in the middle and they could, could potentially get even better than this but this feels like this feels like the record that they've been trying to shoot for since since um uh oh fuck not perspectives uh one day this will all end no fuck well that's the fucking yeah. first record call um you know it feels like the record that they've been shooting for since 2015 i think when that record came out um yeah. and that mixture of the beauty the sort of ethereal beauty and the real heaviness i didn't think i'd be um i didn't think that there'd be many deftones comparisons before uh listening to this record but but that sense of heaviness and beauty combined um, it's mm. done in a different way to Deftones, but they do. But Svalbard do actually do that really, 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 really well. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this is an absolutely brilliant record. Um, it got a nine out of ten in Metal Hammer, uh, and mm -hmm. I have to admit I read that review before I um, before I listened to the album, and I did think, oh, crikey, nine out of ten for a Svalbard record. But actually, I yeah, I think it, it certainly. It's, certainly not far off it at all i think i think it probably yeah. is nine out of ten with a few more listens i think it might well be as well it's very good maybe i would i would i think it's very very good i don't know what i i mean it doesn't matter what i think does it so uh <laughs> when i die will i get better you like it renfrey though you like it yeah you think i it's do really good? i really like so it so renfrey yeah. Renfrey likes it, guys, so you should be happy with that. I like it, but then what the fuck? Who gives a fuck what I think? I'm I'm a hack piece of shit. Um, that's When I Die, Will I Get Better by Svalbard. <laughs> um, let's move on to our next uh, release. Um, God, I've got to watch myself and what I think again now because I don't want to upset the artist. Uh, it's Anna Von Housewolf, and I probably will upset this artist. All Thoughts Fly by Anna Von Housewolf, the fifth album from the Swedish pipe organist of an experimental bent she's well roadburn um Renfrey, <laughs> she is well roadburn yeah. we we uh i'd sort of earmarked this as something which i felt like i was going to get really excited about because i hadn't really listened to Anna von Hausdorff, but i've heard you talk about her when we think you reviewed her at roadburn, roadburn a little while ago yeah, i know yeah. a lot of people who really do like her um yes. i am a fan of a lot of that kind of roadburn-esque stuff um can i just say straight away i fucking hate this <laughs> i think it's fucking i think it's fucking rubbish um it's like a fucking fairground ride on antidepressants i 
think this is bollocks. Uh, off you go. Okay. Uh, th- that's interesting. Um, so it's, it's you called a pipe organist, uh, which I mean, she plays the pipe organ. She does a lot more than that. She's a sort of composer and uh, multi instrumentalist type person. This is not indicative of all of Anna von Hauswell's records. It's a solo instrumental pipe organ album. Um, Thank which, fuck for that. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't what I was expecting. I have to say. Um, All Thoughts Fly was recorded in seven days in January 2020. So one song a day, basically. Um, It's certainly an album. You can listen to just the first track alone, Theatre of Nature, and figure out from there if this album's going to be for you or not. I have. I wish I'd been. I wish I'd known that when I listened to the first song. To be honest, um, undoubtedly, it's very esoteric, and it's not going to be for everyone, as Steve has just proved. I had a very profound, odd experience with this record. I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking. I don't know why. And the thing is, is my job is to uh, explain whether I like a record or whether I don't like a record and then explain the reasons why. I do like this record an awful lot. In fact, I find there's something about it that I find strangely. I, I, I just it, I just keep it might be. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this on a, on a week where Deftones and Idols and and Svalbard have released new records, which are fantastic. It might be the record that I've listened to the most because there's Fuck something <laughs> because there's something strange about it that just keeps me coming back to it and i don't really know what it what it is um you said to me behind the scenes that this is hard work this record um and yeah, such such hard work i yeah. can un- i can understand why someone might say it's hard work but i don't i didn't find it hard work at all i have to say and the reason for that i just let the album kind of wash over me and these beautiful unusual sort of almost alien sounds that she's producing from this pipe organ which is not an instrument that i listen to very often i have to say there's something that i found strangely captivating about it captivating is the word that i'm looking for it's like, um, I mean, I, I do like your fairground music on, on antidepressant pills. That is actually a, a really good description of it, to be fair. But it's like funereal music. It's like, I, I think the other way to look at it is like Baroque kind of music that is being played to you as you're being lifted to the pearly gates. And I found, uh, well, and to be honest, you know, not to, not to shit on your criticism of it, but it, it, it opened up something very profound on me in me i think it made me start thinking about my mum quite a bit which we talked about a fair amount on this show and she passed away last year as as did your mother um not long not long apart from one another and 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 i actually got quite emotional listening to this album um and, and and you know if you you obviously didn't get get that reaction and i'm not saying that everyone's going to get it but the first time that i heard um persephone 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 the fourth track on the record i think it is yeah i wept i wept like a little proper snotty nose dribbling baby uh, i i had i oh was, so, so so did i so did i when i listened to it and it got to like into the seventh minute of it i i was in tears as well because i knew there were fucking three more tracks 
frankly, it was pretty disgusting. I had snot all over my T-shirt. I had to change my T-shirt. It was awful. I mean, I, I, I wept. I, I, it just really caught me unawares, uh, especially, I mean, considering before I heard this record, um, I didn't really consider myself much of an Anna von Hauswolf fan. She was an artist who I was interested in. And, and like you, I'd heard loads of people who were really, really into her music. Um, but I wouldn't have called myself a fan at all. And that Roadburn performance that you're talking about, if you go back to that review, I was actually kind of like said, I mean, I was asked to review it for Metal Hammer and I was stood in a room full of people who were just in awe of her. And I was a bit like, I don't really get this, um, to be totally honest. So uh, I, so, so I did go into this record with trepidation, to be totally honest with you. And I can't really explain why it's had the effect that it has on me, but it just has. I just think it's a really beautiful record. And I think it's really ambient. And uh, There are bits, I mean, when you say it's hard work, there are discordant bits, certainly in the second song. I can't remember the title of it now. But the second song has a very kind of discordant bit, which is like, oh, that makes me feel a little it's bit It's called Dolora D. Orsini. That's the one. I think that's the most difficult track to wrap your head around as as it is actually quite discordant uh has a kind of weird high-pitched squeal thing that goes through it uh but i find it weirdly beautiful in a weird kind of let's put candle wax on each other's bodies gothic way <laughs> mate i'm i'm delighted to hear that on in all seriousness i'm really glad that you had that because anytime you get that from music i think that's a, it's really a wonderful thing. thing i don't yeah, yeah, I, yeah. and i don't want to i'm not going to shit on your your experience of it in any way whatsoever what i will say is that i put it on and theater of nature the first song came on and it was six minutes long and it was a lot of like and i was like oh this is ambient and interesting and i was like thinking okay well this is some sort of build to something and i was like after sort of four minutes i was like it's quite a long build to something isn't it and then it's minimum as it ended after yeah, six yeah. after six minutes i was like okay well presumably anna von housewolf vocally will arrive soon and some other instruments will arrive as well and then that delore decini i mean that's like four minutes long and about two minutes into that i started going this isn't going to be a whole album of this is it and when I realized it was a whole album of this, I then had to very quickly shift my expectations, which I have to say, my expectations had to take a real fucking downturn at yeah. that point anyway. So I had to go like, oh, fuck, it's not the thing I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Get that out of your head because yeah. uh, you were quite looking forward to this. Stop looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even then, I was like, you really have to be like, this is kind of sun but on an organ in it like it's <laughs> uh, i mean yeah yeah and and the thing is is that like that's all well and good like i think we've spoken about sun before and i find them hard work that's real way. real real hard work but that's the sound of a guitar mm. the sound of an a fuck it just sounds like this sound like if so, it's like bagpipes or something like the sound of the organ itself is so grating I oh, just I, like I, please. I have, I have the opposite. I know. I, think I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it just grated on me. I mean, I've got to be honest. I found it impossible to get all the way through it. Nearly, I had to do it in stages about four times. I really, really tried to listen to it all the way. It's not even that long. I mean, it feels like it's only what it's like three minutes and thirty three seconds. Four, so it's not like it's like an hour and fifteen minutes or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
but I got nothing from this. Wow. Nothing apart from a headache. Apart from a headache. This is the dinosaur uh, pileup of the year, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dinosaur yeah, pileup is funny. They're just bangers. They're just they're just bangers <laughs> playing on an organ. I say, why don't you just have a good time? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I do. I do. Whilst obviously my reaction to it is completely different to yours, I do understand your reaction, and and mm. it is one of those ones where I was like, well, I I can un- I don't I, there's no way i'm going to be able to persuade you otherwise and i'm not even going to try yeah. um but for whatever Which, and, reason and i i i don't understand yours so i guess i win <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason yeah i did just find it found it really profound and and i can't i, I can't put my finger on to, uh, as to why i have just checked my play count for this record and apparently i've listened to it 13 times this week and that's just oh. that is just from my computer i know for a fact i've listened to it a couple of times uh, on my phone um whilst out and about as well so i've listened to it 15 times this week there's something about it i don't know what it is i really like it okay Out well, the year, the, mate. The, well <laughs> there you go i mean i it's probably the album that we feel the most different about because if you listen to it 13 times yeah. i mean that sounds like well, a, probably 15 i think probably i think 15. if you commit like arson you should that should be your <laughs> your like you should be made yeah. to listen to this 13 times. Probably like nine times, actually. If you burn down a school. Well, I've, I've listened- go, and you've been sentenced to listen to this album nine times. I've listened uh, to it. 13 equi- times. I've listened to it the equivalent of twice a day for the last week. I mean, I mean, I, I did put, I did put it on um, loop a couple of times because I was like, oh, this is lovely. <laughs> but obviously you didn't feel that. We, we obviously I- relax in very different ways. <laughs> Well, how many times shall I punch myself in the face today? Uh, um, just the 13. All Thoughts Fly by Anna von Hauswolf is out now. I mean, on the basis of that, just pick the one of us you like the most and uh, either either listen to it or keep as fucking far away from it as you possibly, possibly can. Um, let's move on. Uh, this is our final review. God, it's been a long show. We'll get through this one uh, as quick as possible. It's The Ocean. Um Phanerozoic 2, Me- Mesozoic, I Cenozoic. No, I've not just had a stroke. That is the name of the album. I'm sure you made that joke on the first the first one as well. Well, I mean, as we'll discuss, I don't remember anything about the first one. So uh, the second part of the Phanerozoic duology from the German prog metal band. Um, as Renfrey's just said, we reviewed the first part of their album, which came out in late 2018. Apparently, apparently I like that album. Mm, but you don't remember apparently. it. Well, you did at the but time. But I don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, apparently Renfrey says I reviewed it. Quite, I don't remember reviewing it. I do, I do remember reviewing it. I don't exactly remember what I said and I don't really remember what I thought about it ergo you said um, said, it's really it's really good this album that's what you said yeah 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 and it just goes to show how many albums come out and how quickly things go and come and blah 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 because i've never ever gone back to that album and i've never (laughs) felt the want to go back to that album so even though i'm sure i wasn't lying and i'm sure i did think it was good it never was good enough for me to really feel like i wanted to go back to it again and i hope that it i hope that doesn't sound like I'm passing the buck or anything because um, I, I definitely feel like surely this 
part is better than the first part. Because yes. I'd have wanted to listen to this again, wouldn't I? Yes, I definitely think part two is better than part one. Um, I did go to part... I, I will confess I didn't go back to part one until I got part two uh, again. And um, because I listened to part two, I was like, fuck me, this is good. Then I went to part one and I was like, oh, it's very good, but it's not as good as part two. Uh, but that's rare, isn't it? That you get a second part of a duology or whatever where the second part's better than the first. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and I don't even, I mean, from my limited memory, and, you know, I've seen The Ocean before as well, and my opinion of them, and I think you said it, was that they're a sort of, uh, like a a heavy, I guess a kind of a Hydrahead style, like early noughties Hydrahead type of thing is what uh, I was sort of thought of them as. That's not too bad. They're a German progressive metal collective. The collective word is important because um, really they have a revolving lineup uh, which revolves around guitarist Robin Stapps. Uh, he's the founder and owner of uh, Pelagic Records as well, which is just an interesting little um, tidbit of information. But actually interesting mm-hmm. that you said the Hydrahead thing because obviously you've got Aaron Turner, who's the uh, head of Hydrahead Records. Um, yep. I mean records on the roster of pelagic are the sorts of stuff like cult of luna herod f n v l l n n mono coma kruger arabrot and god as an astronaut i mention that purely because um there's elements of all of those bands in this probably uh, there's also massive elements of uh tool and gojira i would say do you yeah. agree with that yeah yeah i think so i think the bassy tool parts mm. i mean this is good this this is good it's right very good. um the first, am I am I right in thinking the kind of long songs are the best bits? Is that well, fair? Yes and no. I mean, so the opening eight and a half minutes uh, uh, is the song Triassic utilizes a brilliant blend of Tool and Gojira, in my opinion, and unwinds slowly in a in a in a manner that's not too dissimilar to the Grudge by Tool. And any comparison to the Grudge should be taken as a massive compliment. Um, tool comparisons are always tricky, though, aren't they? Because usually, when yeah. you're comparing bands to Tool, you're going, "Well, it's Tool esque, but it's not as good." Um, I'm not going to insinuate that this album is, you know, lateralis standards or anything like that, but I will Steady. say. I will say I think it is surprisingly close. I in terms of like the 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 the, the bits that sound tooly, I do go, well if Tool wrote that I wouldn't be disappointed. And I think that is saying quite a lot. Yeah, I, do you know what? The, the, what they do well uh, that does remind me of Tool is hey, I mean I think the first is like Triassic and Jurassic Crustaceous. Crustaceous. Uh um which is 13 and a half minutes mm. and it does that thing it doesn't really feel like 13 and a half minutes yeah yeah it really doesn't i think that's cool it and really also doesn't. what they do and they they do i think you know those tool comparisons for me are at their their zenith quite kind of early on in the album with those longer parts mainly because of the length but also because um i think as they start to get longer further on into the album um the heavier parts are more Gajira than Tool. Like yes. Tool, uh, that kind of, and I guess Cult of Luna and bands like that are probably a, a fair shout for, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that you mentioned. When they get heavier, it all kind of tightens up a little bit. The, the early parts with the more melodic bits and the Tool-influenced stuff, when bands try and rip off Tool, they can never get that rubbery 
feel. You know that kind of elasticity that Tool mm. have in their music, that mm. kind of bouncy, rubbery elasticity. And I think where yeah, 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 and. They 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 do a very good job of recreating that. I think the ocean on this record. Yeah, that thirteen and a half minute song uh, has echoes of the patient and schism, which I just did a brilliant impression of the bass riff there, uh, but with with added horns and you know we always like horns and um, yeah I, I I think I think musically it is very very close indeed to to the best that Tall can do, which is a hell of a thing to say. I think the vocals. So uh, his name's Loic Rossetti. I've almost certainly mangled that um, um, uh, pronunciation. But the vocalist is a very, very adept and very... Um, uh, he's a very good vocalist. He's very good at flitting between melodic cleans and very savage screams in the blink of an eye. But he he is kind of... I think he, he's, he, he's, just, he's a very technically brilliant vocalist but he doesn't have any kind of enigmatic characteristics that mark him out in the way that maynard james keenan does so i suppose that's where yeah, the tall comparisons kind of fall down i'm not saying that he's a bad vocalist at all he just doesn't have that thing that makes him distinctive um he he sounds like a mm. lot of other vocalists i think it's fair to say but he's very technically competent and very very good um i think um I mean, one of the ocean's strengths on this album in particular is that there's no sense that the songs are rushed, uh, but the songs never drag despite their length. You know, you've already said that with that 13 and a half minute song. Um, mm. There's a real kind of Ozzy Osbourne sort of vibe on the very woozy and melodic Eosin scene. All of these names are stupid. All of these songs are stupid. Yeah, um, you crack on with those names. Yeah, there's there's lots of Middle Eastern kind of polyrhythms in it, which is also very tall, to be honest, and a clean guitar tone that, again, once again, evokes, evokes tall. Uh, Oligocene is an absolutely gorgeous instrumental that recalls kind of the Hisu era thrice, I think. Um, Miocene, Pilocene has a cult of verse so uh cult of lunar verse but a very luscious death tones s chorus i mean i suppose i suppose what i'm getting at is this is evoking a lot of other bands this album but it's evoking lots of very 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 good like some of my favorite bands of all times all times all time and it does do it very 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 well um like very well uh and I think that's really mightily impressive. It's kind of difficult to honestly say that the ocean have a sound that is distinct to themselves. But in terms of ripping off brilliant bands, the ocean do it extraordinarily well. And to be honest, all music to an extent is ripping off other bands. It's just... Yeah, of course of, it is. Yeah, so so I don't, don't think there's any real shame in that. Um, I, just, I just think the absolute best of the best managed to hide it better than other ones uh the ocean aren't very good at hiding it but fair play they rip people off really well really well yeah there is plenty of tones where you just go well i've sort of heard that before but god it's really good i think yeah. they're a kind of inescapably but if you like that type of music and everything you've just mentioned i think you'll really like this um will it be enough to make you put down that cult of luna record or put down that tool record or put down that gajira record and pick this record up i don't really know um i guess it depends on how much you love those bands 
I'll say this. I don't think part one was, but now that I've got part two, uh, this one might be. This one might mm. be. But um, but part one, well, part one obviously wasn't because whilst we both, I, I went back to that review for this because I was kind of like, I think we both really like that record, but I can't really remember. So I went back to it and listened to it. Turns out we both really, really liked it. But as you said, we get shit loads of uh, these albums to review and getting back going back to stuff is very, very difficult sometimes. And neither of us yeah. did. But uh, this one, I am a little bit like, oh, yeah, I do really, really like this record. And I do feel like I probably will go back to it. I fucking hope I do anyway. Um, well, it definitely feels like, I mean, again, uh, it definitely feels like I would be more inclined, open to, I don't, I can't believe that the first part was as good as this because no, it's not I, like like you say i am already like oh my god there's there's stuff in this which is in my head and i don't feel like exactly. any of that stuff you kind of sometimes you listen to a record and you go that's really good and none of it sticks yeah. you're aware that it's good yeah but you don't know why it's good part and i mentioned one that public like enemy that. song yeah 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 well there's plenty of stuff on this where i'm like oh yeah that fucking bass riff and stuff is really good and that song's got when the sort of melodic vocals come in it's really big and that's a good riff and like do you know what i mean so there's plenty of stuff on here that i'm already like i feel like i'm way more familiar and has, has actually stuck in my brain already even after just a week of listening to it yeah. than it did on the last one so yeah, yeah this is good i mean particularly for people like us who like this type of thing this is really good and if you are one of those people as well i think you'll think this is really good um it's called Fan Ozoic 2 Mesozoic Cenozoic by the ocean. <laughs> you did oh. a sterling job of that, mate. It's out now. <laughs> <sighs> All right, that's it. That's been a fucking long show, and especially considering we didn't even do broken records. It's been a long show, but hey, like we say, big things on the old album front. Next week, all of these albums are out. Uh, bon Jovi, Anel Nuthrak, John Z, Matt Berenger, Enslaved, Sumac, Robert Plant, Brickville, Corey Taylor, <laughs> Hugar, Six Feet Under, and William Shatner. So <laughs> we're going to be doing some of those some, records. <laughs> so some of those records are going to get done. Uh, who fucking knows? I mean, the idea of doing Six Feet Under and Corey Taylor. Oh, <laughs> or do but but then the idea of doing Anal Nathrak and William Shatner is like oh yeah. so um, we'll yeah. see who knows who doesn't who want knows. Bon Jovi and enslaved in the same same show <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway we're we'll be back for. next week go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and you'll get your um, you'll get your grubby mitts on your Opeth uh, special very very soon and there's going to be a gallows one after that um, and thanks very much for listening we appreciate you sitting through this it's been fucking long jesus crumbs it's been long uh thanks very much yeah it's that time of year anyway see you later guys cheers we're out bye-bye